Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Welcome back to the Fantasy Football Fire. This is the Pyro Podcast, show 308. And I'm super fired up to have my boy, FF Wheeler, on the show with us. We're kind of just going to be doing a fantasy football smorgasbord um, type of show. We're going to be going through touchdown dependency and talking about that a bit. We're going to be talking about MFL 10s so far. A bunch of drafts happening in the MFL best ball world. And then we're going to talk about some roster construction uh, different kind of approaches via uh, whether it's best ball, whether it's redraft, any other type of format we might uh, cover as well. And uh, we'll be talking about different types of ro- roster construction that we're uh, into these days. So what's going on, Wheeler? How you doing, buddy? Thanks for coming on. Thank you. Uh, doing well. You know, diving into this football stuff like crazy. Trying to sneak it in while I <laughs> over, I'm overworked, you know. You are definitely um, one of the guys around that Twitter sphere that is, uh, first I'll say you're one of the darlings. It seems like uh, everyone in the industry loves you. Um, You are on Twitter um, and retweeting and uh, chatting it up with all the the, the big, big name people in the industry and um, definitely, uh, definitely love seeing what you got going on on Twitter and uh, obviously a very uh, astute and, um, and way into it fantasy football um, practitioner. Yeah, it eats up most of my free time. I get kind of obsessed with it. You know, I, I'll, I'll look at Twitter on my phone and I'll see a comment and I'll just, I'll have to say something or retweet it or, and then all of a sudden I'll look up and it's a half an hour later and I forgot what I needed to get done. <laughs> Isn't it crazy? The time suck just in general, being in front of your computer or I'm not oh, yeah. really like a smartphone guy. I mean, I, I get why people love being on their smartphone, but I'm, I'm always in front of my computer and I've got like my laptop and then I got a big screen it's connected to, and I got my mouse and I got my keyboard. And it's amazing that, 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 that just a serious time crunch. You'll be sitting there and it'll be like, I've had times where eight hours go by. Literally, it happened yesterday. Eight hours go by, and you're like, um, I had to get a shitload of stuff done. What did I do? Like, I dicked around on Facebook. I dicked around on Twitter. Oh, I got that email sent. I did this. You know, it's just like, God damn, the time flies. And then you, you look back, and you're like, shit, I wish I had gotten a little bit more done. Oh, I'll do it tomorrow. I'll get up first thing. And then you start reading your book and good look, good God. It's uh that internet thing really, uh, really pulls you, pulls you here and there. Yeah. It's like an addiction for sure. <laughs> now I know why all these kids that are always on their phone and their tablets, uh, they, they don't even, uh, they don't even talk to each other. You see it all the time. It, it, they're eating lunch and everyone's eating lunch with their together, but apart. They're basically all just looking at their own phones maybe show each other some sort of Instagram or uh, stupid video here or there. But uh, yeah, we've basically become um, completely robotic. We are, oh, abso- uh, absolutely. I see it in the classroom so often. Yeah. Like 
I'll see a kid just go to go to his phone to check the time, and all of a sudden he loses track of everything. <laughs> ADD. This is what we've all we've all got at this yeah. point. Um, well, tell Absolutely. us a little, tell us a little bit about yourself. I know I, me and you did a, a a podcast earlier in the year. Um, uh, I think we did it back in uh, I think that was January. Um, but you know, tell us a little bit about you, and you know, from a personal level, or what 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 kind of you, you do, what you're up to. If you want to, you can give a shout out to some of the people that you uh, really like or enjoy um, in this fantasy football world on Twitter. Or someone, I think you'll probably you know mention some of these uh, guys when we get into uh, best ball and whatnot. But just um, you know, give us a little background on you and anything uh, you think specific that somebody that's listening to this that doesn't isn't privy to um you, sh- you should do and we'll be doing that throughout the show but i uh, just want people to get to know uh get to know wheeler the man i hear you um uh, let me stick to the fantasy football wheeler stuff like cool. I, I, i've been i've been playing fantasy for over 20 years now and uh i really just started getting into well dynasty last year and best ball probably about four or five years ago um Maybe about 10 years ago, I started playing some of the larger tournaments and won some money there, but then uh, I was moving around a lot, and so the checks I was winning didn't come to me, so I kind of put that aside for a little while, went back to school, became a teacher, and then about four years ago, got really back into it, Um, started writing about it uh, for my cousin's website. I hope you don't mind if I drop the name of the website, nflmock.com, and uh, he just came to me one day and was like, would you like to write about it? And I was like, well, I've been thinking about it for a while, so I might as well give it a shot. So I started writing about it and I had always done my own tiers and my own rankings. So uh, I approached fantasy pros and, uh, you know, asked them what it took to get into the, you know, fantasy rankings and work towards that. And now I'm involved in that. And, you know, got deep into best ball. Well, deep for me compared to what I used to. You know, I, I'll probably I played in about 50 best balls last year between uh, the draft app and uh, FFPC. I did a bunch of the fantasy cares for Scott Fish and uh, actually won one of them, so I qualified for SFB eight. Um, nice. Yeah, that was sweet. Um, I was actually in it last year. Uh, I guess he just saw my hundreds and thousands of tweets and decided, okay, we'll let them in. But that was nice too. Um, you know, I just working hard, trying to pump out content, you know, pump out rankings, just give my thoughts where I can. Actually, most of my stuff comes from ideas from other people. You know, I, I don't want to take a whole lot of credit for what I'm doing. You know, it's a lot of the guys I follow say things that make sense and I agree with, so I'll retweet it. Or if I don't, you know, totally agree with it, I might throw in a comment just question-wise, nothing, you know, you're wrong, I'm right, that sort of yeah. thing. Because, in it, yeah, in this industry, you you have to expect to be wrong. You know, like, I, I think winning a lot is hedging your bets in the second half of the draft, you know, totally. going with that uh, – crazy pick or sometimes even a handcuff. I know uh, we'll get into that a little bit later, but, uh, you know, there are different strategies that you have to employ at different times and just listen to a lot of these guys. Let me drop some names. Uh, yeah, do it. And I, I've probably said some of these before, and some of them are popular, but others are just like 
haven't been heard of, and they play hundreds of these. Some some even get over a thousand of these best balls, which is just insane to me. Um, there's Todd from PA. He he's got the Run to Daylight podcast. He's absolutely incredible. Um, he analyzes this stuff from every angle, and uh, he has a lot of great guests on. Like uh, he had TJ Hernandez on uh, from Four for Four, uh, Beers Water. Mike Olivia, overhyped sleeper, which is actually uh, the guy that's drafting right next to you in the MFL we're in right now. Um, nice. FF Links, he was in a bunch of the FFPCs that I was in last year. I was locked out of MFL 10s last year because of the uh, the rules uh, and the regulations that they had to put up with. Uh, now yeah. that Fanball took it over, jumping back in is sweet. Yeah, I was reading about that um, in your one best ball article, how you were just saying – how those MFL tens, like they didn't have the money to to pay for the insurance or whatever from state right. for certain states. So that's kind of the main reason why Fanball like they came in and kind of OEM'd and outsourced it to them a bit so that Fanball can make that coverage, right? Yeah, and I love what Fanball did with the whole thing. I Me mean, the, their draft room is set up absolutely perfectly, in my opinion. You know, you can really see everything, um, and they have the. I don't know if you saw my email last night, but they have the uh, updated ADP right there through a link through the site. Um, they had, uh, there was uh, Josh ADHD was doing the whole analytics of ADP last year. Um, I think he's still doing it for a website, but I think you have to pay for it now. But you can get updated ADP straight from Fanball right now, which is really nice. Um I was going through uh, Fantasy Mojo has all the FFPC draft boards on the site too. Um, on his yeah, site. I'm on it right now. It's, it's, that's pretty. That's pretty sweet. I'm sure we'll use this a bit uh, when we get deep into um, our our MFL tens. That's pretty. That's pretty sweet. Check that out if you guys want. That's uh, FantasyMojo.com, uh, and then I'm sure you can just do a search. I'm not going to give you the whole long. Uh, uh, URL, but it's uh, MFL 1080p for 2018 uh, real time. So that's that, that's pretty sweet because you just you never want to really do what everyone else is is doing. You know, ADP for me is more of a is a broad stroke, almost Venn diagram of uh, if people are weaving one way, you can kind of use the ADP and know uh, how how you want to kind of zag the other way. So um, I think uh, this is this is pretty cool. Wow. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's more of a tiebreaker thing. You know, you go into a draft with your own tiers, and then you look at ADP. So if I have three guys in this tier that I'm looking at, but one of their ADPs is higher, maybe grab him first. And if another is lower, you can wait on him and wait till the next round or a couple rounds later. I mean, I don't always stick to that necessarily. Sometimes uh, I'll look at a guy and go, well, I'm looking at, two other guys whose ADP is low in the next round or two rounds. So maybe I'll reach on this guy just, just to make sure I have him. Well, let's, you know, let's, if you've got any more guys you want to talk about, great, but maybe what we'll do instead of going touchdown dependency first, let's just stick on, um, <laughs> let's just stick with the, the MFL 10 discussion we got going and we'll rock that out first. And then we can go to, uh, the touchdown dependency part of this uh, show after that, if you're, if you're down with that program. Whichever works for me. Let me, let me drop a couple more names. Cause these yeah. guys, I, like I, I just, by the way, Wheeler, I like that. Whatever works for me. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I'm not. I'm, no, not whatever not works exact. for you. It's whatever works for me. Great. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> whatever you want works for me. <laughs> I'll mess with you. Hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm, easy going. I'm not organized here. enough. Uh, Broadway G uh, FF. He's uh, he plays in a hundred of these things. Um, I'm also in a dynasty league with him. He uh, follow him on Twitter. He'll start throwing up all ch- kinds of charts and analysis he's fantastic he really knows what he's doing what twitter is that broadway g underscore ff cool as you're talking i'm following him right now buddy (laughs) there you go there's uh tango and cash i know he abbreviates it but i'm sure if you just search tango and cash he'll show up at some point it's like tgff I didn't write down his Twitter handle necessarily, but he's oh, in a bunch this, of them. I met this guy, Broadway G. Yeah, he's a Chicago dude. Um, that's hilarious. I'm just checking him out. I was already following him, uh, but I love <laughs> his his header graphic is from Bard's Tale, which is an old game that me and my buddies, uh, is, uh, a computer, an Apple computer game, made. It was one of the early, early Amer- uh, electronic arts EA games. But that's friggin' hilarious. Me and my Bart, my buddy that went to Harvard. He, we used to map out these dungeons and all this stuff when we were in like seventh and eighth grade. We were so into Bard's Tale, man. That's great. All right, Broadway G. I'm gonna spend more time with this guy. Um, I said Tango and Cash. There's a, a one guy who doesn't write or anything. I just see him in a lot of a uh, lot of best balls. It's Smith DK. Hey, look. Yeah, Smith DK. Um. He was in a bunch of those fantasy cares best balls, and I've definitely seen him, you know, throughout MFL tens, FFPC. He's just a player, and uh, he ends up asking. I, I hear his questions on uh, JJ Zacharyson's podcast a lot. Yep. Um, there's Jen Eakins. She uh, she just started with four for four. She does a lot of the best balls on the draft app. Uh, there's Goat District. I'm in a couple of dynasty leagues with him. He jumps into a bunch of best balls too. He also has a po- podcast. There's uh, Mike Mar FF, Mike Margosian. Um, he's in hundreds of them. FL tens. I think his <laughs> I think his screen name is actually Mike with FF uh, with MFL ten again or something because he was locked out of the MFL tens last year. So he actually just started a whole bunch of them. Uh, on his own, like a, a lot of private ones that I jumped, best balls that I jumped in with him. Um, there's FF underscore HEP, um, tons of best balls, and Pete Davidson is another one. I know he had a podcast there for a while, but I'm not sure he's kept up with it. But, I mean, there's just, I would just search best ball and you'll see that the, the people that post are the ones that usually play most often. Oh, I did see one today uh, that he's, He's drafting from the one spot in the MFL 10 we're in. Yeah. I think he's from the one. Rosenhaus Factor. He's not on Twitter at all, but he's uh, – I did a Google search on him. I guess that's a little stalkerish. <laughs> nice. <laughs> but, but apparently he was in over 800 MFL 10s last year, and on uh, one of the RT Sports websites, he has all kinds of trophies and all kinds of things. So he, he's, he's a certain – He's certainly a ringer, certainly a shark that's uh, drafting from the one hole in the draft we're in, which is 
is uh, I'm glad he's far away from me. <laughs> yeah, hopefully, but hopefully I, you or I beat him so we can we can tout that. I, I take a, a lot of, a look at the the technique of a lot of these guys too. If they're playing in hundreds of them, yeah, sometimes you get the benefit that they're hedging their bets and don't want too much ownership of a certain player. But the the style they use and where they're drafting certain positions is always kind of. Uh, kind of take that in and process it to uh compare it to the way you're doing things and uh well when you look at him up. i'm in that board right i'm in that on the right. draft board right now and i'm looking at it and basically pretty funny that rosenhaus factor he's in the one slot i'm basically in the middle at the right. uh, seven spot and you're at the end at the 12 spot so we're kind of getting the three ways of it and he uh that rosenhaus guy on our um mfl 10 went uh, Gurley, Jordan Howard, Jarek McKinnon. So he went three. He basically drafts in threes almost. Um, yeah, then, it looks like it. And then he went Tate, Devin Funches, and Robert Woods, whereas three, uh, four, five, six picks. Grab Greg Olson at tight end. Then went Devontae Parker, Sterling Shepard, Deshaun Jackson. And then just uh, his last three picks have been three uh, quarterbacks in a row. He did Phillip Rivers, Dak Prescott, Matt Ryan. I'm a little bummed about the Matt Ryan. I took Mahomes the, the round earlier. But I was hoping right. that it was between Ryan and him. Um, but I was hoping that um, Ryan would come back and I was just going to take a third QB and just not touch the position again. Uh, but that's not going to happen. But, okay, good to know. That's a, I guess I got to do that more often. I got to just look and see the guys. I mean, you know, I'm new to this. So it's been kind of uh, – this has been fun for me. Um, I'm not new to fantasy football, but the whole best ball and MFL 10s thing, I've kind of stayed away from it over the years, just doing enough leagues. Uh, but – Super fun. I got to just pay attention to these names and see guys that I keep seeing. Uh, I'm doing a few already right now that are all drafting. So, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's good stuff. I like being in this uh, league with you. And um, I bet you I'll probably – I told myself I'm going to cap myself 10 MFL 10s. That's, that's what a I'm good gonna, number. Good number. Um, I'm going to try to dabble and do some different things, take screenshots of these at the end, see which ones I succeed in. And, Kind of, uh, then I'll go into next year with a little bit more of a formulated plan. I'm, uh, I'm, they, they call it shooting from the hip. Uh, it's going to be my MFL 10 um, mantra for 2018. Uh, green and shooting from the hip. So I talked to Stags a little bit about it the other night. Um, you know, I was just like, I was asking him if those, and I, I want to get your feedback on this. I was asking him if he, if he likes early taking, you know, tried and true guys that are going to play all 16 games, you know, more or less. Um, and guys that don't, that might not have the highest ceiling, you know, past the first few rounds, but guys that will always have a consistent edge. And then later on going for the explosion guys. And he kind of, he kind of, you know, the guys that can light it up, you know, three games a season or whatever, just to, just to get that, uh, that, that, that's that starting, um, role for the week. And he said he kind of didn't like that explosion factor type guy later on, um, and he's, he says throughout the whole draft, he likes to go just all consistent, um, you know, get, get all the guys that are going to be, that have a, a secured role on the team, a secured spot as a player. And, um, you know, just kind of stick that way. And the, everyone will have a couple good games, but he didn't really like my, uh, my, my would be, and I'm still doing it in two of my leagues, but this kind of uh, go for guys that can light it up uh, a little bit later. Like I just took Kenny Galladay in our league. It's like, I think he won't have an amazing season, but I think he could light it up a handful of weeks. 
No, I, I like what you did with Galladay there, definitely. I mean, <clears throat> he's in line for all of Ebron's touchdowns, which I, I don't think were that many. I think he only got five last year. But, um, <clears throat> no, I, I'll kind of combine them. It depends. Like, if I go high upside to start the draft, I'll go state floor to end it, and vice versa. If I'm going state floor to start, I'm going to go for those boom-bust guys towards the end. Um, in, in this one, like, uh, I went with Julio Cooper, Allen Robinson and Sammy Watkins at the top. So, I mean, that, that's kind of a combination of both right there. You know, it, it, you're looking for high upside, but they all kind of, um, well, except for Watkins has a safe floor, you know, like Julio's going to get the yardage. He may not get the touchdowns, but if he did, he, he could be the, wide receiver one. It's the same with Amari Cooper. He's got to bounce back. I mean, I'm taking plenty of Cooper this year. And I love yeah. that they said they're going to exercise his, their, his option. But I love that over the last two weeks, you're like, oh, we're thinking about it just so that that, that freaking guy gets hungry. You know, I think that's the only drawback with Amari. Sometimes he's a little aloof and he doesn't look like a passionate guy out there. So what better way to do that than kind of almost kind of second guess that you're really all that into him. Kind of like, uh, you know, the Buffalo did last year with Sammy Watkins. It kind of like wakes you up a little bit. So yeah, I like the Amari. I thought your first seven picks and even the, uh, the, the Jordan Reed, was that eight, your first eight picks and the, and then you went Jordan Reed and the Ebron. I, I like that as well, but, uh, let's just give you your, you went Dalvin kick cook with your first pick Julio Jones, with your second Amari third, Allen Robinson, fourth, Sammy Watkins, fifth, Tevin Coleman, Deshaun Watson, Aaron Jones. And then you went Jordan Reed. Like I definitely think out of all the teams in this league, when I, and I, I, I even Twittered, uh, tweeted this out to you uh, the other day. It's like, I just, I, you've got the best team through uh, eight rounds. In my opinion, that Aaron Jones, I was pissed when he grabbed that guy. <laughs> sir, I, I was so in on him coming back. Um, but yeah, I just think your team is is, is looking really friggin' good. So it makes sense that you do these. <laughs> <laughs> nah, thanks. I, I think Ebron might have been a little bit of a reach, but again, that that's what actually where I was talking about earlier. I was eyeing up Cam Meredith and Ty Montgomery in the next two rounds, so I'm like, they'll definitely slide. I wasn't sure how far Ebron was going to go. I mean, if luck comes back, then oh, yeah. Ebron is in line for you know. A really good season if he doesn't well that, that's a complete miss generally speaking and then Jordan Reed I, again I went with the upside if, if no matter what game he's playing in you're gonna want to start him you know yeah. he, he he's he produces at such a high level when he's healthy I mean I, he'll probably only be healthy for about six games <laughs> but yeah. that's why I wanted another tight end right away just to you know but I, I assume Ebron will play all 16 so I assume you know He'll get is, something mixed in. Is I mean, I know that you read that Luck hasn't even thrown a football yet, but with that news, is there any way he's back and ready to go this season? I mean, this does not – this is starting to sound uh, pretty worrisome, the fact that he didn't play at all last season. He still isn't throwing uh, the ball, you know, three, four months after the, se- the, the previous season's over. Uh, is this all of a sudden this summer he's going to start throwing and be ready to go? It seems like uh, – Seems like a long tail situation to all of a sudden just get buttoned up in the final three months. Yeah, I, I I kind of ignored it last year early. That's the trouble with drafting some of these early drafts is, 
you know, I was still drafting luck like he was a top three quarterback. And yep. now I think the price is kind of baked in. Like nobody's getting luck as their first quarterback. And if they do, they're waiting until round 10 or 11 to grab a quarterback. So, you know, he, he's probably the 12th quarterback, 13th quarterback off the board. Um, so that's kind of baked in. <clears throat> and I also think if you grab luck, you kind of have to hedge your bet and get a third quarterback. Um I used to get three quarterbacks in these drafts all the time, but that hasn't proven to be very successful. I mean, I end up in second, third, fourth place in a ton of these things. <clears throat> That's why I like the uh, the, the new top three that uh, Fanball has. They they used to MFL used to just pay out like a hundred to first and a ten dollar credit to second. So this year they've thrown in the option where you can get seventy five for first, twenty five for second, and uh, $10 credit, I think it is for third. So it spreads it out a little bit, but I'm still going for first place in all of these things and kind of, of going high upside and, you know. How many, how many do you shot. think that you were going to do this year? I think you mentioned it earlier, but how many are you going to try and knock out? So I'll probably do right around 25 to 30 MFL 10s. I'll probably be close to 50 on the draft app just because they're cheaper. Um, Tell us a little and, bit about that. What? What? Tell us. I, I actually have used Draft, and we were promoting them. Uh, not really their MFL ten side or their best ball side of things, but their um, in season app uh, DFS stuff um, last year on our show. But tell us why why you like that that setup over there, at Draft. So it, it's really easy to use from your phone. It's set up to use from your phone and draft from your phone. The one thing I don't like about the draft app is they don't have the draft board that you can just pull up. So it makes it kind of difficult. I really like looking at a draft board, seeing oh, other God. teams needs. Um, but there is a little button you can click to find out how many players that each position a team has. So, um, but yeah, they offer a, like a plethora of different uh styles of best ball so they have anything from three dollar to all the way up to a hundred dollar i think dress um i usually stick this early in the season i'll stick with the three dollar ones just because i'm not trying to throw a ton of money when we don't even know where players are landing yet um but uh it's 18 rounds as opposed to 20 rounds in the mfl but they they don't have a defense in there so it's equivalent but they are 0.5 PPR. So you tend to go a little bit more RB heavy. And, um, you know, I've actually been using the same kind of format where I, I draft an RB in the first or early in the second round and then stockpile four or five good receivers so that I can just fill in with a ton of running backs later, you know, squeak in my tight end and uh, quarterback wherever I can, just where I see value and uh, go from there. But the, the draft app too, as you get closer to the season, they have the uh, the drafts with the 32nd clock. So Ooh. as I prepare for, you know, my home leagues or the regular drafts I do for uh, redraft, it's really good to get used to that 32nd clock. So when you're in your, you know, your home leagues that have a minute to two minute clock, you, you're gold. You know, you already know the pattern of what you're really trying to set up and do. And uh, it's not so much different from redraft that you'd need a whole different philosophy. But uh, it it helps to know where the value is going to be and going to land when you you get ready for them. 
Yeah, that's awesome. I I didn't realize that they had uh, something like that with the thirty second. I'm not great at uh, drafting on, uh, under the gun. Uh, luckily, some of my big money and longer term leagues that I've been in for ages, uh, you know, we don't let it get carried out of hand. Get out of hand, but uh, there's really kind of three four minute rules, so that that gives you a lot of time. Um, that's, so that's nice. That gives you plenty of time to drink. Yeah, that's exactly it, dude. Um, <laughs> if, if it was 30 seconds the whole time, I wouldn't even start drinking until like the fifth round because I'm throwing, <laughs> opening my throat and a little bit too buzzed at the end. I'd be like, oh, yeah, just just give me that guy. Look at the end. You're like, oh, what a crap team that is. Thank God for tears. So on these NFLs, just to give you, uh, you know, some, some, some thought, like in, in this one we're in together, just got the board up looking at it. It went Gurley, David Johnson, Ezekiel Elliott, and then Le'Veon Bell. Are, is that kind of um, – which guys are you liking at the beginning? Um, are you like, I like – I think everyone's on Gurley is the one, but are you liking Ezekiel Elliott more than David Johnson and Bell? Or which guys – what's kind of your top four dudes? I have a feeling these are going to bounce around so much in the next couple of months that you could really pick any of them, and it makes sense. Um I have tended to stay away from Bell this year after being heavy on him last year, just because after 400 touches, running backs tend to show a little bit of, I don't want to say injury prone, but they tend to show that they're a little, they have a little bit down of a down year the following year. Um, Ezekiel Elliott should be fresh and ready to go. What he did in 10 games last year, it was phenomenal. If you project that out to 16, he's dominating everything. Um, David Johnson, you know, he's coming back from really a wrist injury. Yeah. He had the hamstring at the end of uh, 2016, but this year, 2017, he was out with a wrist injury. So his legs should be fresh. He should be ready to dominate. I mean, that offensive line is going to stink, but that could also set up in his favor. He's a pass catching back too. So he, he could easily see over 400 touches this year if he stays healthy. And then Gurley, I was really on him last year because you were getting him at the end of the second, beginning of the third, and he was gold. But his first overall, I, I, I hesitate. I hesitate. I love having the four pick. The four pick is the best because I'll, I'll, I'll take whichever one is left over. <laughs> nice. Yeah, that's, uh, that's good, good, good insight. I, I think sometimes I get a little bit scared of David Johnson just because I just don't think that offense is going to be as good, but you're, you know, you're right. His injury is, is to his wrist and um, he should get just unbelievable amount of touches. So maybe I need to kind of uh, stop being a scare to him. Cause when he plays, he's over the course of the previous two seasons. I mean, I would say hard to argue that he ha- wasn't the best fantasy football player um, over those two seasons before he got hurt. Yeah, sure. Sure. Um, all right. Well, let's uh, let quickly go back to this. Um, so what else has been going on um, with with NFL tens? Are you is there any sort of um, from your season last year when you were winning them or doing very well or coming in second? Is there any sort of like one golden rule that you like to live by on um, almost in any of them? Uh, I know when I talked to you the other day and gave you kind of our congratulations on those first seven rounds, you're like, hey, you know, in some degree, these are some guys that I'm targeting through a lot of my drafts. Um, but just any sort of like kind of golden rule that you have. And uh, it's not necessarily in the mind of uh, roster construction, but just anything that you think could help uh, anybody else that's getting into the MFL 10 world. 
I, I really t- have this year looked at kind of the running back depth just because running backs seem to be flying off the board. Um, in the first two rounds, ADP-wise, 15 running backs are off the board. So I really am focused on getting at least one, in, one running back in those first two rounds. Um, because you start talking about 15 through 20, you, you're in a mixed bag. You don't have anybody you can really rely on. So I like to have that one established running back and then kind of just filter in from there. You know, I'll, I'll look for those pass-catching running backs later. Um, even, you know, the second running back on a squad that produces points like a Tevin Coleman or an Aaron Jones. Um, uh, I like Duke Johnson, but his ADP is getting a little high, um, and we never know what's going to happen with him. But as a general rule, I'm, I'm getting at least one, in, one running back in the first two rounds. Um, and if you're picking from one of those top four picks and a guy like, I don't know, Devontae Freeman slides a little bit, I would think about getting him. I would think about maybe grabbing Mixon in the third. But for the most part, I'm going wide receiver in rounds two through six. Um, Got it. There could be a tight end that slides, one of the top three that I I would consider. But I I like the upside of, you know, I'm grabbing Cooper, Robinson, Watkins, Fitzgerald, and uh, who is the other one? There's at least one more. Demarius Thomas. (laughs) I have a crush on Demarius Thomas. Like, Do you always I, or just this year? Always. I've always had that crush on Demarius, but uh, especially now he's going in the fourth, fifth sometimes. Like oh. last year I was I was in a lot of drafts with a couple of people that were also on top of him. So I was grabbing him early in the second and third. But if I can get him in the fourth and the fifth, I'm all over that. Sure. Um, For sure. His new, uh, his new connection could be a, it's gotta be better than what it was the previous uh, season right. or two. You know, I think he, Keenum should be a lot better than, than uh, what, what they had at the QB slot last year. That was just downright uh, sad for all the, any fantasy football guy on the Denver. It just was, didn't seem right in the last year or so. Um, oh, cool. That's, I, I like that. I like that approach. Yeah. Definitely looking at your wide receivers. You just, you, you, you got them locked in. So, uh, good way to go on my, in that one, I was hoping I went with Thielen in the third. I would, wasn't loving that pick. I was going to initially, I was waiting for Derek Henry. I was going to grab him and he got picked the pick before. And then I was going to go Rob Gronkowski or Thielen. And I was just like, you know what? I'm not going that high on Gronkowski, but, uh, sort of after I did it, I sort of regretted it. So, Again, I'm 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 new to this uh, the best ball side of things a bit, so um, I'm really trying to pay attention to where things are going, uh, just so I can learn and, and get a bit better. But um, yeah, I don't I don't know. It's fun. These drafts are a long time. They take a couple weeks. Yeah. I yeah. I you kind of <laughs> I get you kind of got to have patience. Yeah, I get so like I'm like wake up. I'm like, where am I? Am I up? Am I drafting? go to bed when am i out i gotta set up my queue in case it goes on just like uh i i kind of keep in the back of my mind like every hour i'm like oh you gotta check this um so i'm not that's the one thing with uh, these mfl 10s for uh for me is i'm uh i i can't set it and forget it and just go on and put it on auto draft or anything or um so i don't know it's 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 a little bit of a distraction for uh, this guy. I'm, I, I deem myself a, a multitasker extraordinaire, but 
this might be uh this might be my kryptonite um get locked in on this thing uh it's pretty funny so um totally agree else? and I, go ahead I, I think that's the the first year what you're learning is kind of the pattern of when the when you need to look um i actually you gave me the heads up a couple of days ago that uh i was on the clock and only had an hour left so I appreciate that very much. But when I said it, but, I was like, uh, I don't want him to think I'm being annoying or whatever. But I was like, the guy probably is in class and 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 doesn't know. So that's the only time I did, I did it once with Waz in another league, or you know, this one. And I was like, Derek, once I realized how long these things went, I'm like, do not do this. <laughs> you think you're helping, <laughs> but this is two weeks. of like, hey, you're up, you're up. You know, this is the new. I'm totally the new guy, the new annoying guy in the draft room. I'm uh, proud, it's all good. I'm, I haven't uh, I haven't got, hit the uh, the discussion boards, but does anybody do that in, in these? Do people talk shit in the uh, in the little chats? Doesn't look like it. No, not really. Especially right now, because most of the guys playing are playing in dozens of them at the time. You know, as we get later in the, into the summer, um, you get your fish out there that are just you know looking to dip their feet in feet in or you know see what they can do or doing it instead of doing a mock draft. And, and that, that's what I think is really beneficial to, for a lot of people is that, you know, they're doing mock drafts, which makes no sense because these mock drafts on the big sites, you got people that are dipping out after three, four rounds or just picking right. to see how far people will last. And it, 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 you get nothing from a mock draft really, you know, I'll, I'll do a couple of mock drafts with some, writers or you know guys that play a lot and are really mock drafting to get a, a good look at what's going on but if you're just doing a mock draft on you know one of the bigger sites just to prepare for your redraft you're not doing it right um i would you know spend the 10 bucks for an mfl or you know even less for something on the draft app and get a real taste of where people are actually trying to pick their players um yeah, when you got skin in the game, it's gonna it's gonna yeah. result in a more real world, uh, um, you know, draft board, and so you got something a little bit more to go by. Um, yeah. You know what? That's a good idea. I think on that draft app, we'll do we'll do one of the um, we'll ha- hopefully you'll be able to pop on it, but we'll do some sort of uh, draft uh, real time, so it's maybe that thirty seconds, so it doesn't take forever. But maybe on a show, we should do a uh, MFL or a best ball uh, league. I would love to do an MFL 10 if there was a way to just have a you know a short clock, but um, that might be an interesting show to do. So uh, to, to be determined, I'll, I'll see if the rest of the team is interested and if, if we can find a good uh, moment to get you and uh, other guys uh, on the show. We were supposed to have our boy PK Ripper on the show today, but I guess something came up for him. Um, I wanted to have him on the show and uh, just hear him talk about the Jets and uh, love, love that kid. He always cracks me up. So we'll definitely try and get him on a, on a show here in the future. Um, but as uh, before we get going on with uh, D-Rex, myself, and uh, Mr. F.F. Wheeler over there, um, let's do us a favor. Let's listen to this. All right. Thank you. Um, well, anything else that you want to uh, drop uh drop and, and talk about on the MFL tens that you're noticing uh, so far through 2018. I mean, what's your take on defense? Uh, does defense um, in an MFL 10, 
do you like to wait till the very end or do you find it's a, do you do two of them? Do you do one and do you do three? What's, what's kind of your MO with, with defenses and uh, how much do you think that they really can help your team over the long haul of a, of a, of a best ball season? So I, I always just go with two defenses. Um, there have been, you know, conversations of whether two or three is better. And I don't really think it makes a whole heck of a lot of difference. Um, I usually wait, I but I don't wait until the 19th and 20th. I'll do it in the 17th and 18th. So I'll get maybe like the 9th and 10th, 10th best ranked defense. Um, put a little thought into it. Uh, I, I have a couple targets this year. And I hope too many people that I'm playing against aren't listening. <laughs> but <laughs> but uh, the Patriots, uh, are, their ADP is in the 18th round. Um, they just purchased the uh, CPAC Cordell Patterson. Yeah. Um, he's gonna he's gonna be returning kicks and punts most likely. So and I don't think they would have given him the money. I don't think they overpaid him by any stretch of the imagination. But I don't think they would have paid him at all if they had really were focused on him being a receiver. I I, I think New England is smart enough to set up uh, you know returns specifically for his skill set. So I have a feeling that you're going to see him with a couple of those return touchdowns and new England always seems to be in the top 10 of defenses. Even last year when they had a a horrible defense to start the season, you know, they always seem to get it in order and play consistently. So uh, the other defense I was targeting, Oh, (laughs) Kansas city. Um, I also think with them getting walk-ins, that I think you see Ty Freak go back to returning kicks. I think he only returned one or two last year. Hmm. And that guy on the field returning kicks, you know, he's dangerous. So I tend to look at more of the special teams than anything because I just think defenses in general are rather unpredictable. I know you uh, you, uh, you went with the uh, Rams defense, was it? Yeah. A little early, yeah. Probably, um, probably a rookie, probably a rookie move, uh, especially because I some of the guys that I actually some of the end of the guys that I was kind of liking a little bit, uh, Richard Matthews um, and dudes like that. Uh, Tyler Eifert um, went off the board, but in, at the same time, I'm kind of happy I won't touch the position again until my last pick. So I'm yeah. I, I gotta I'm I'm doing my litmus test, but yeah, I, I once I saw that Jacksonville, I'm like, do I wait or do I try and get the because my number one defense, I, I think just stocked uh, that team is stocked uh, with the, with the Rams, but we'll see. Yeah. I, I think you're right. I think I went too early. <laughs> I, I, I totally understand that logic though. Like I, I was just about to say, you saw Jacksonville go and you went and jumped on it because LA's defense should put up some fantastic numbers. Um, who's, who's returning for them? Oh, what's his name? The little, the, uh, it's number 11, Austin. Does he still do Austin. that? For- God, yeah, I mean they brought him back. back. I, I I can't imagine they brought him back to be a receiver or anything. I mean, so yeah, he's going to be returning kicks, but I, I see them getting a ton of sacks and yep. uh they they just went out and got two cornerbacks, didn't they? Yeah, they got uh, Talib and they got Pete Marcus Peters. Yeah, that has interceptions written <laughs> all over it. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> so weird and then yeah they got that they're gonna be they're gonna be pretty sweet that whole team should be interesting they've they've definitely souped that team up to win over the next two three years um they're going for it they think they they think they're on the 
they think they they're sniffing it. You can you can tell. My one concern with those top defenses, though, is that they'll get a lot of three and outs. Mm-hmm. So you get a lot of three and outs, you miss out on a ton of fantasy points. Good point. Yeah, that's something that Dog used to always bring up with defenses. It's like, it's like sometimes these great defenses aren't great for fantasy football for that very reason. So very good point. Um, some food for thought. That, that's that's definitely true. Whereas. You, you can't be scoring points or getting opportunities and sacks and interceptions and all that good stuff um, if they're play, the snap count for the defense is super low. Yeah, I think the Ravens went through that several years ago yeah. where, you know, they were certainly the top defense, but their fantasy-wise, they were like, they don't get any points because they don't give up first downs and <laughs> totally. they're off the field most of the time. Absolutely. So right. Um, anything else you want to throw out on the NFL tens? Uh, any other resources or uh, kind of things that you're trying to do? I think maybe when we do the roster construction, maybe uh, NFL tens will be uh, mentioned and brought into the fray. No problem there. Um, but anything else that you got on your mind that anybody should hear? Uh, nothing I can think of right now. We'll probably hit it a little later if, I, if it pops yeah. into my head. Okay, cool. Um, well, let's do that. So that was a little NFL 10 discussion. Uh, next uh, kind of a segment and, and subject matter we'll dive into um, is touchdown dependency. Well, I think we'll look at it across um, all positions, QB, running back, wide receiver, tight end. Um, for me, I'll probably focus my, uh, my know-how and whatever a little bit more on uh, QB maybe and wide receiver. Um, but, yeah, I think, uh, you know, in general, uh, at Pyro, we've been a really touch, big touchdown dependency type of uh, website over the years, um, videos and yearly pieces uh, and all that good stuff. And um, Stag Party um, and Waz, uh, this, I guess a month ago, uh, did a little collaboration um, for an article that we have on pyromaniac.com uh, for touchdown dependency. And it's it's, it's pretty eye-opening. I think there's... I think there's some there's some guys that are just always going to be uh, in that uh, TD dependent zone um, as a player across the positions. I think there's also some uh, some ups and downs that changes from season to season, of course. But I think what I use it for is not really the guys that are touchdown dependent as much, but I really kind of like pinpointing for better or worse the guys that are a little more stable and not touchdown dependent. So. You- kind of know hey from year to year if this guy has a great touchdown season i mean gangbusters of a season if he doesn't he's still going to be that upper echelon guy because he gets so many yards um so i think for me we'll start with uh we'll start with the qb action i guess um but last year's um you know here's what i'll say i think the most touchdown safe guy um is is cam because he does it with his rushing yards and his legs Last year, he had 754 rushing yards, um, which ended up being, you know, 25% of his total scoring uh, for points at the uh, quarterback position. He finished, you know, second to Russell Wilson. Um, And then with him also, you get that touchdown from the running game. So last year, um, he had, uh, where are we here? Cam, how many rushes did he? Six. Oh, yeah, he had six. Yeah, so and that that you know accounts for twelve percent of his. So you got you're sitting there right there, and you've got you know thirty seven percent of Cam's um, fantasy points last year are coming from his legs. 
um, and not from his arm. So I, I always like that where you look at his touchdown dependency on throws, which is, you know, a lot of these quarterbacks, the reason why they get so many points is because they have a lot, you know, 30 plus touchdown passes. Uh, but Cam Newton, you look at him, he only threw for 22 touchdowns, um, which is, you know, only 88 points from passing touchdowns, which co- comes out at 30% um, compared, which is by far the lowest for anybody that's, you know, super, that's ranked that high. Um, I think, uh, you know, guys like Tyrod Taylor and Mariota last year, uh, Jacoby Brissett were down in those 25 zones, uh, but um, they just, you know, they didn't have the seasons that Cam did. So I like, I like looking at that and just knowing that it, from a touchdown dependent standpoint, um, that Cam Newton can have those seasons where he, where he lights up with his arm and throws some touchdowns. I think he needs a little bit of talent, uh, but I think you're still going to be safe with him because of all the things he does with the ball in his hands on running on the ground. Totally agree. You literally took all the words out of my mouth. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I I had all that written down verbatim. Oh, I <laughs> um I would add that uh, Stewart is gone now too. So all those goal line touchdowns that or opportunities that Stewart has, you're probably going to see go to New, uh, Newton unless they draft or pick up a guy like C.J. Anderson or something like that. Um, but yeah, I think his floor is five rushing touchdowns and. I know there was his super season. I think he had 10 rushing touchdowns. I do. I mean, I don't know if he can maintain the 750 yards, but I don't see why not. I think he's healthier coming into this year than he was last. So, yeah, his his floor comes from his rushing, and he puts the ball in the end zone. You know, he'll he'll run those draws when they're inside the 10, and boop, there you go, six points. And he he just he, you have a feeling that he goes to the line probably uh, audibles into himself uh, here or there not because oh, yeah. he's, he's selfish and wants to you know run up the points for himself or the stats for himself but uh, just because that he's like he's got a lot of confidence in his ability to get things done as he should be that's a that's a man amongst boys every time uh, out there um, do you think you know something Stag Party brought up on our podcast uh, the other day. Um, I'm actually just so you know, I'm going to I'm going to be posting a show we did uh, yesterday um, to uh, Pyromaniac today um, in our site and our stuff. I'm going to wait just so you know, Wheeler, just so you're not mad at me. I'm going to wait probably till Uh tomorrow night to put this thing up, uh, maybe even until Tuesday, just so that gets a little bit of breathing room on some listens. Um, But yeah, Yeah, for sure. The other night he had mentioned and I was like, wow, that would be amazing. He was, I was like, well, you know, what's a good landing? We were doing running backs and tight ends, uh, rookie and NFL draft. And I was like, Who, where would be a good landing spot for that beast of a man, Bo Scarborough? And he's like, you know where I love him? If, if He's like, if the Panthers took that guy and he was their goal line back and then you still just have, you know, McCaffrey and, 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 uh, and Cam Newton doing it, he was like, that seems like almost the perfect young backfield for Cam Newton if they had just had a banger like Bo. Um, or just a big dude like him, and then you offset that with McCaffrey, and then you got the huge beast in Cam. That was kind of an eye opener for me. I was like, now yeah. I'm kind of rooting that that they go for that guy because that would be defense would be like, God damn it, we are about to get our asses beaten up on with the, these huge guys. And then right when you're worried about that, you get totally jitterbugged out by McCaffrey. Could be a dynamic uh, kind of setup right there. 
Yeah, that makes total sense to me, especially because right now you can get Bo Scarborough a little bit later than a lot of these uh, backs that, you know, are getting highly touted. So, yeah, that makes sure. complete sense to me. Complete sense. For sure. Um, well, looking, I, I won't steal anyone's thunder, but uh, if you've got another guy you want to talk about, great. But a guy that kind of stood out um, to me uh, that, you know, is, and it makes sense, but Matt Ryan, um, you know, he is um, – he's a guy that just basically doesn't get it done on the ground at all. And he it's mostly passing last year. He didn't uh, light it up in the TD area. He only had 20. So you look at the passing yards for him were 71% of his fantasy points and the passing touchdowns 35. And then he's basically zero for anything else Um, coming off a down season. um, Can Matt Ryan with the weaponry that he's got right now, um, can he get back uh, up where he's in the thirties with touchdowns. You think he's going to have a bounce back season? Um, what are your thoughts on him? And then I'll just shut up and let you talk about someone that, that uh, at the quarterback position that kind of jumped out at you. Yeah. I, I like Ryan bouncing back. If Julio can actually catch one of those 18 targets he had last year in the red zone. Like I, I think uh, we talked about it last time I was on, I think, Julio was one for 18. It, I forget if that was red zone catches or end zone catches, but uh, it, I think uh, that was Matt red Ryan, zone. He had 15. He had 15 end zone right. targets, which is crazy. Yeah, and and caught one of them. Yeah. And so, remember the last yeah. two plays of their season, he dropped right. two of them. Yeah. Uh, so hopefully yep. that guy's just jumping over and that is spending all off season working on it. It was, that was sad. You got to, he, he must've been heartbroken, but yeah, go on. Yeah, but I I think they correlate perfectly. You know, like if, if Julio catches a couple of those touchdowns, both of their you know touchdown dependency rate shoots up. Yeah, it, it it's all right there waiting for Matt Ryan for sure. Um, the, the reason why his dependent you know his TDs were low was because Julio didn't catch those balls in the end zone. I think just just add. I, I think I looked at it, and if you added three or four touchdowns to Julio's total numbers, he all of a sudden is a wide receiver one. So, you know, that ratio has to increase. There's no way he goes one for 15 again. Yeah. Julio Julio literally lost me two leagues last year. He's my favorite player. I still love him. But, you know, in in leagues that I had the best team and should have won, you know, should have, would have, could have, I took him over in in the third, with the third overall pick over – over Antonio Brown. If I take Antonio Brown over Julio on that, I literally destroy, almost like just destroy my oldest league. And uh, ugh, that's what those when you do that audit of your season's past uh, just to see where you went right and wrong, uh, that was kind of a tough pill to swallow when I realized I took my favorite player um, in, in, in Julio, but it wasn't a good pick. Uh, he's, he's, got, he's a little volatile. Antonio Brown's a, a Jerry Rice-like guy in fantasy football at this point. Um, yeah, I, I agree with that. And I, I understand the Julio love. I think it was two years ago. I, I put him at uh, wide receiver one, but it's, it, he's, you know, he doesn't, he hasn't been uh, a real big touchdown guy. That's got to change at some point. It's got to increase. And as soon as that does, Matt Ryan's numbers shoot right up. I, I, I definitely like that Matt Ryan. In fact, we were talking about the MFL 10. I was debating between him and Ebron in that, what was it, the 10th round, I think. Yeah. And uh, I, I was 
kind of crossing my fingers that he would slide back, but apparently you were going to get him either way. But <laughs> um, yeah, I look for a bounce back year for him for sure. You know, all he has to do is complete three or four more of those and they're there. The opportunity is there. And that's the most important thing when it comes down to it. Yeah. Two years ago, he was, I think he was finished the season number two for quarterbacks. He just, I mean, that's a good way to think about it. You know, he's just three more touchdowns for Julio, obviously gets credited to Ryan as well. And then both those guys are showing much more promise. Um, so keep an eye on that guy and MFL tens are in general. I think he, he's going to be, he's going to be, uh, he is uh, falling out of the top 10 um, for uh, quarterbacks right now. Um, for me, when I see a guy like, um, you know, Jameis Winston being taken before him, I kind of like, eh, I don't know if that's a good pick. Uh, even Tyrod Taylor I tweeted last night, um, <laughs> you know, that, that thing. And then the guy that one dude today was like, I drafted him. And I, when I first read it, I was like eating breakfast. I'm like, Oh shit. Is this the guy? And did I, did this no. guy is in, I first, I thought he was like in our MFL 10 and I was, I like offended him. I'm like, Oh, and then I reread him like, Oh, this had nothing to do with our league. I was like, shit, I better shut up. Sometimes I have a big mouth and it gets, it catches up to me. I forget who that was too. Like I, I know that guy and I've definitely played in leagues with him before. Um, he, he's a good player and it, he was definitely talking about another league. I, I, that was my reaction at first too. Like he was trying to justify taking them before oh, those guys, but I did take uh, Tyrod. It wasn't a bad picker because I was like, Oh fuck. I, I didn't realize I think he was so small, but yeah, that he, he, he wasn't talking about our league. Pretty funny. Yeah. And I think he was talking a couple rounds later too, because of, you know, the other quarterbacks he took were, were all late. So, exactly. um, yeah, Tyrod, Ty, Ty I could see putting up big numbers just because of his rushing. Again, like a, yeah. a lot of a lot of the numbers with quarterbacks come from rushing, and uh, Tyrod's one of them. Um, two guys that uh, who had high TD rates last year, um, Wentz and Watson. I also look at their rushing yards, and because of their injuries, I think those rushing yards are going to come down. Wentz had. Uh, 299 rushing yards last year. He didn't get any TDs from it, but uh, I, I would see a decline from that. And his TD rate was uh, was pretty high. It was 48% um, TD dependency rate. So, uh, and it, then again, Foles was able to keep up an even higher TD to dependency yeah. rate. So those t- those air touchdowns could still be there and make up for. Uh, the rushing yards. I don't think Wentz will get this year just because he's coming back from that injury. Um, That's a good point. And then yeah. Wat- Watson coming back from injury too. I think they're going to be a little bit more careful with where he runs as well, but man, he was airing that ball out. And, you know, in these MFL tens, he can fall to the sixth, seventh round sometimes. And he's just way too tempting at that. You know, I, I like to go late round QB, but you know, you got Watson sitting there, and he seems to be a dynamic talent, and he's got Hopkins to throw to all day. You know, the only one Hopkins didn't succeed with was with uh, Osweiler. <laughs> yeah. But uh, so. And you look yeah, at you yeah. look at Will Fuller uh, during that oh, yeah. stretch. It was like eight catches, eight touchdowns. Um, so that guy is just like he's basically the greatest deep threat around best thing since Ted Ginn uh, a few years ago on the Panthers. 
Um, he is, he's legit. Yeah. Kaiser, um, not Kaiser, sorry. Deshaun Watson is going to be, uh, an interesting guy. Um, if he can come back and just get that magic starting right away again, cause that run that he was on, if he hadn't gotten injured, uh, we were doing some of the, the kind of the, the mapping and, and projections. It would have been the all time scoring, uh, quarterback season. And he, you know, I guess he started, yeah. he started the second half of the first game. Uh, and then he then he went on, you know, I think he played seven games or whatever, but literally he was on pace um, to just just destroy uh, previous yeah. quarterback records for fantasy points. I mean, I think, yeah, I think he only started like six or seven games, whatever it was, but he won leagues for people. Totally. I mean, it was just, it was ridiculous. Um, and yeah, you, you, projecting that out is always a dangerous thing. You know, defenses will catch up with you, but uh he just has that connection with uh, Fuller down that deep sideline that, you know, you, you're going to double cover Hopkins. You, you have to. So, you know, streaking yeah, you down right. that sideline. You were right about the, uh, the Wentz. He, he's super high at 48%. And then, as you mentioned, 59% um, passing TD dependency uh, for Nick Foles. Uh, so he, he gets 60% of his fantasy points. Um, by passing touchdowns, um, that seems high. Uh, I'm shocked that they're that they're not moving him and trying to get something for him. Uh, I guess it's not over until the the, the drafts, but uh, God, it just seems like you should sell high on that guy. Um, or, I, in all honesty, are... sell or trade Wentz. Get a lion shit. Get get a ton of stuff for Wentz if you think that um, Foles can be your guy for the next you know four years. I don't know. I think. That probably sounds really crazy, but coming off a serious injury, um, and you got Foles as the guy that won you a Super Bowl. It's got to be a. There's got to be something weird in that whole thing. I mean, Wentz is a good, good guy, one of the really good guys out there. But you got to be thinking he's super pissed that the team won a Super Bowl. Not pissed, <laughs> but a little bit frustrated that it was. It was kind of a little know, neglected. Yeah, <laughs> he's, he's happy for everyone, but also kind of ha- not happy for himself because. Did he, you know, whatever. I, I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm a selfish prick and only I think that way. But um seems like it would be a little strange. But they, they seem to love each other. Uh, anything else that's popping out at you um as far as uh, TD dependency? Guys that you think uh, had some super down season last year that, that, that could bounce back? I mean, uh, is a guy like Eli Manning, um, you know, going to come back with, a, with the OBJ healthy for the season? Are there any players like that that you think are going to have a kind of a resurgence? It's funny that you say Eli Manning because I've had to make the decision between Eli Manning and uh, Tyrod Taylor this morning in one of my best ball leagues. I think – I forget who I even went with. I think I might have <laughs> gone with Taylor. But uh, Manning could be in line for a huge bounce back. I mean, his – TD dependency was at 40% last year, but you're talking without OBJ, so a lot of those yards disappear and kind of raise those TD dependency numbers. It's not like he threw a ton of touchdowns. Um, It's so hard for me. And, you know, the Giants are my my team that I follow, and I know that if they don't do something with that offensive line, they're they're in for a world of hurt. But – yeah, having OBJ back, and there's some solid rumors that Dez is going there. I mean, I, they dropped Marshall already, from what I understand. So I, I'm not a big fan of having the two prima donnas on the, th- on the team, but 
it, it with those weapons, you know, he should be in line. And I mean, you still got Ingram and Sterling Shepard there that'll sneak in, in the end zone themselves. Uh, I like Shepard a lot. Um, and Ingram, um, so I, quick, quick question. I know we were on Twitter chatting about this a little bit, uh, you know, a week ago, but the kind of the, the remember it was uh, Barkley at number four um, to the Browns. Now the buzz that's going around everywhere is, is Saquon, uh, uh, is going to go number two to your uh, to your Giants. What are your thoughts on uh, uh, that? I, that's the new buzz that you guys are uh, that all in on uh, Barkley at the two. Is that just madness? Uh, <laughs> I, <laughs> you know, I, being a Giants fan, I would love to see them trade back, but I, I can't see a scenario where they get into a position to really target a guy like Quentin Nelson, uh, the offensive guard from Notre Dame. Um, I, I like the idea of getting Barkley, but I think the execution of it is not going to be what they hope it is. I mean, I think it was, I saw a tweet this morning and I want to say it was Pat Thorman that said it, it, it you know, a Ferrari will wreck if you put a bad, bad driver behind the seat. Like, Traquan Barkley is that Ferrari, but if you don't block for him, I don't see it happening. You know, they did get a tackle in Nate Soldier, so they should be able to protect Eli a little bit better. But the their rookie tackle from last year is shifting over from left to right, and he doesn't seem to like it. So... We're not so sure how much he's going to put into this season. I, I just the, there are so many loose ends between the line and just you know new coaching and the prima donna receivers. I I just you need continuity, and I all I see with drafting Shaquan is a little bit more chaos thrown into the mix. You know, <laughs> there are plenty of running backs that we can get in the second and third round in this draft that. All right, I don't have the talent of Shaquan, but certainly could fill the role. I mean, they they got Stewart, who is old and who's a, a Gettleman favorite from Carolina, but he can put the ball in the end zone if you're inside the five. So we kind of have that covered. You can fill in with backs. It's a replaceable position. I don't think drafting a running back that high is is even worth it you know you go back a couple of years ago where dallas grabbed uh ezekiel elliott if uh, i think it was at four four and every and everybody was arguing that they should have gotten uh jalen ramsey cornerback yep. and then uh waited for uh derrick henry in the second yeah yep. I, i'm i'm more of that philosophy where you know if you're not going to grab a quarterback in the first few picks trade back Get, fill in positions of need, especially when you got you know a superior talent. There there are very few offensive linemen that are first round worthy this year. But if you can trade back and get one of them, that, especially if it's a guard or you know the guards seem to be powerful this year. So I would go guard. Normally I would really want a, a strong center. You know to have a quarterback of that offensive line, but. Yep. We'll see. Uh, I, I would rather. A, uh, there's actually a, a a guy that lives in my building that's uh, on the Bears scouting team. Pretty, pretty, uh, pretty cool guy. And we talk a lot of football. And he was barbecuing yesterday. I, he couldn't get the thing going. He's like trying to light it and all this stuff. It was it was so funny. And I walked back uh, from the grocery store. Um, and uh, I was like, hey, buddy. And we were talking football. And he's like, I can't get this thing to go. And I like was standing on the side of him, like, you got to turn it on. 
He's like, what are you talking about? For real? I'm like, you got to turn it on. Yeah, I'm like, these girls have a, an on and off button right here. He's like, what the fuck are you talking about? He looks down here. He's like, buddy, you're the best. He was like sitting there for like 20 minutes trying to light the thing. He probably came down initially with his meat and his uh, his uh, Brussels sprouts to grill and didn't have a lighter. And then the thing wasn't going. So probably hauled his ass upstairs, got like one of those long grill lighters and uh i come by and i'm talking football he's like dude i can't get this thing going like turn it on he's like oh great but he i was uh i was talking to him and i was basically like hey at eight if, if quentin nelson's there are we in on him and he's like well you know i can't say anything but he's like i don't know if that's the case he's like i i think he's a great player but just because he's a guard it's it's not as important as, as you kind of it's storied a little bit that people don't think he's going to have a, a a smooth transition to uh tackle mm. Um, so it seemed like the bears, even if he was sitting there at their pick, um, weren't going to do it. He's like, it's not my decision, but he was kind of saying he was hoping that they would, uh, that the bears and I'm all on board with this. I'm down with Quentin, but, um, he was saying that he's hoping that they would grab, uh, uh, the linebacker from Georgia. Um, what's the guy's name? Smith. Yeah. Raquan Smith. Um, gotcha. So. That makes more sense for them. I mean, the, the Bears' offensive line is pretty solid from yeah. what I remember. I, I think they already have two relatively high-priced guards or yep. value guards. So, yeah, I, I wouldn't see them getting quite – you know, the only reason I, I like him for the Giants is because they need line so yeah. bad. So bad. They need to do whatever well, they can. I just kind of just threw that out of you because I remember the other day you are like, I, you can't draft running back that early. And then all of a sudden this week the buzz has been that your team's going to go after him. I'm like, Wheeler. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Well, let's. you got anything else on quarterbacks um, that you wanted to point out? If not, um, we can bounce over to running backs. Uh, I guess real quick, Russell Wilson, uh, he, he dominated like all the touchdowns this year. They, they only had one rushing touchdown. And with uh, Jimmy Graham gone, uh, I would see a, a reduction in his overall touchdowns somewhat. Yeah, they, they're, I don't, that's kind of a fall, a fast fall from grace. Um, you know, Paul Richardson, who I think is a little overrated, but I think he was, he, he was able to kind of keep defenses honest last year and obviously coming off his best season, but him and Jimmy being gone. I mean, like what is, they got rid of curse two years or before last year to the jets right now. It's, uh, you know, Baldwin is coming off of a pretty subpar season. And I just don't know if he's got the kind of game that, um, you can, without other talent keeping, you know, which is not, uh what's that other that little the little kick returner guy uh Lockett that is he's not yeah. the guy that's going to be able to take take uh defensive pieces away from Baldwin I just don't I don't know where they're headed from a um from an air attack standpoint um it does not look good for Russell Wilson in that regard yeah yeah I've been staying away from him this year after being heavy on him last year he had a sick season last year. All right, cool. That makes sense. Well, let's go to uh, some running back. Any guys from the running back position that kind of bounced out at you uh, with some something um, special or unspecial? Um, let me see. We got, uh, well, Latavius Murray. The, the goal linebacks are going to be high TD dependency. You know, Latavius Murray, Jay Stu, um, Ingram was a little bit high as well. Um Howard, Jordan Howard, uh, was pretty TD dependent, but none of their total TDs were astronomically high. 
So I don't see any reason why they can't maintain that. Uh, another guy, Rex Burkhead, I mean, he only played uh, like 10 games or so, and uh, he had, he had um, eight touchdowns in the red zone, or six of his eight touchdowns were inside the 10, um, and all of his eight touchdowns were inside the red zone, including the uh, three receptions. So with no big TDs, the the, the TD rate should maintain itself. You know, whenever I look at TD rate um, and dependency, you want to see, all right, are they getting them in the end, in the red zone? Uh, a guy like uh, I was just looking at this, Aaron Jones, although it's a small sample, he really only started four games where he had 13 or more carries. He had three TDs in those games. Um, but, you know, of his four total TDs, 20, or two of them, half of them, came from outside the 20 yard line. So, you know, his TD rate, if he gets more starts, probably won't maintain itself. But, you know, if he gets more starts, the, the yardage should pile up as well. Do you, I saw that with, you took Aaron Jones. I mean, I was, I had Aaron Jones in a couple of rookie years last year when he was lighting it up pre-injury. Um, I think he's going to be the guy over Jamal Williams. I like I test for me, even though I know Jamal had some good, uh, some good games there for the Packers last year, but I test Aaron seemed like the far more dynamic uh, back and someone that I think, I think personally, who knows, I'm not in the front office, but I think he's going to be the guy that's going to get more of the fantasy uh, love this year for the Packers than uh, Jamal Williams. Yeah, I, I, in uh, two of my four dynasty leagues last year, I drafted Aaron Jones ahead of Jamal Williams. Yep. Uh, and, and people questioned me. They were like, wait a second, you know, Jamal Williams went around ahead of Aaron Jones, and I'm, Aaron Jones seems to be the much more talented back. Um, mm -hmm. Although Jamal did pretty well last year, For so sure. he's going to get his opportunity. But uh, I'm thinking that squeezes Ty Montgomery out, but Apparently, Ty Montgomery's bulking up a little bit, too. So uh, I think you, you'll see Ty being moved into the slot a little bit. And, uh, yeah, I'm hoping Aaron Jones gets the opportunity. It's, and that's what it's all about, really. You know, it, Could he become a, a, a workhorse back? Sure. I, I don't see him being any kind of bell cow where he gets, you know, 80% of the touches. But I'm hoping Aaron Jones comes up, you know, 55 60% of the touches. And, uh, you know, in the games where he has 13 or more carries, he's put up uh, uh, half of his games have been over 100 yards, and uh, uh, three of his four games were uh, he had a touchdown. So I see no reason why he shouldn't be able to at least, you know, snake half of the carries there. And if he puts up the numbers, I think he's the better talent. For sure. And then the guy that you were talking about earlier with Rex Burkhead, um, obviously, they got Jeremy Hill now on the uh, New England Patriots uh, departure of Lewis, which is obviously very beneficial for uh, Burkett. Um, what are your thoughts? Is J uh, Jeremy Hill going to make that team? Is he going to get an opportunity? Is uh, uh, what, what, what do we what, what's what's going to is Burkhead really going to be until he fumbles and gets catches the ire of Belichick? Um, or gets a concussion, is he going to be um, kind of the go-to option for the Patriots, or are they going to do it by committee? So I, I never draft the top New England running back. Uh, I think Burkhead is that guy, and he could be that guy, but we, you know, we've never seen him play a full season. He, he's 
relatively uh, not necessarily Real young, old. but you know, yeah, <laughs> relatively. So I, I think he's going to get the opportunity. But even like last year, everybody was drafting or. ADP for Mike Gillisley was between the sixth and eighth round. And he was the first New England back taken off the board. And after week one, you'd swear he was going to be, you know, the 18 <laughs> touchdown LeGarrette Blunt, you know, or even better. And then all of a sudden he dropped the ball once and then you never saw him again, really. Crazy. Um, I think Burkhead could get, be dominant, but I never take that risk on the, the top New England back early. In fact, Last year, the only New England back I was taking was Deion Lewis late. And, uh, you know, it paid off some, but it was quite a few. Like, if you were in redraft, you would have dropped Deion Lewis before he even benefited you. But in some best balls where, you know, you're locked in for the whole season, he came through in that second half of the year a little bit for me. Um, I, I do think Burkhead has that potential, but, yeah, Belichick is a, he, he's a fickle guy. You know, you, you turn once and – you could be sitting. Could be sitting in that in that proverbial doghouse. Nobody's got a yeah. nobody's got a doghouse with more dogs in it than uh, than Bill Belichick. Um, and, and as far as as far as Hill, you know, it, Belichick can bring out the best in just about anybody. So I don't want to bet on Hill necessarily, but if he's lingering around in the nineteenth, twentieth round, and you know, uh, I'm in the mood for a running back. Sure, why not take a flyer on him? He he could certainly get you know eight, ten, or even more touchdowns if if uh, Bill takes a liking to him. Totally, great point, great point. Um, Deion Lewis he heads over to um, Philadelphia, or no, sorry, Titans um, came from Philadelphia, so he's going to the Titans. Do you see him as uh, is he a guy that is worth the shit in best ball or any format? Um, do you, do you think that he will be a good compliment with Derrick Henry or did he maybe make it the wrong move for fantasy owners? Do you think he can do anything? Uh, yeah, I think he, like, I, I would target Lewis more like sixth round kind of. Um, I did grab him in the fifth round once. Uh, I, I, you never know. He could end up being a nice little, uh, I don't want to say little. He he could he should end up with 50% of the touches or more. Um, Derrick Henry, though, he will get the goal line carries. He will get those tough yardage. Um, I see both of them kind of around the 15-touch range per game. Deion Lewis will catch a few passes. Um, I think they split that role pretty much evenly, you know, when it comes down to it, with Henry getting more of the tough yards and Deion Lewis being more of the consistent – uh, Deion Lewis will probably get more snaps, but as far as touches, I think it'll be pretty much split even. Um, they cut into each other fantasy-wise, so uh, I'm staying away from Derrick Henry in that third round. Um, but, you know, if you get either one of them in that fifth, sixth round, you can start eyeing them up, and, you know, based on need, you might want to snag them here or there. Um, but I'm not targeting either one of them. Yeah, I kind of got a, I've got a keeper league that I do. Then uh, my two options are either luck. I think I, I think I can get luck with in the thirteenth round or um, Derrick Henry uh, with the ninth round pick. And it's looking more and more like I'm pretty locked into the Henry thing. But right when they signed Deion Lewis, I was like, ah, shit. 
Uh, there goes a lot of his his points yeah. next year. Um, but with luck not throwing until something unless something miraculously happens, I'm not. I kept him on my whole team last year just so I could have an option to use him as a keeper um, right. for this season. But I'm I'm not doing that. I, I'm not doing that again. Screw that guy. Um, he is one <laughs> of my favorite players. So um, anything else you want to that's popping out about some guys that are touchdown dependent or that weren't last year but have been in the past? Any other names that are uh, worth mentioning here at that spot? Uh, I got nothing right now. I guess I should have looked at it a little bit. No, no, we're, we're we're good. We're good. There's not, it, it's a little different with, I feel like the running back the running back is a little bit more of like, it's, it's okay to be kind of touchdown dependent. If that's what you do, right. you know, if you're a right. running back, you're right. a goal line running back and you're a touchdown guy, then that's fine. As long as you continue to do that, I know that I'm not going to get many yards from you. And I'm hoping that you get a lot of inside the five, inside the 10 work. Uh, I think the running back, the touchdown dependency, coin term um is a little bit more um uh it's part of their skill set rather yeah. than you know a dependency exactly um cool well, let's go to some uh to the wide receiver position and um sitting here looking at guys and uh i don't know if you have uh, a guy that i had pinned down and if you if you have him as well I'll dive in but um, a guy that i see here is uh richard matthews um he was a guy that had nine touchdowns two years ago and then last year uh only had four but still came around uh, came out with a nice fantasy season last year so you get eric decker who they kept on trying to work into the game plan last year and just to to pretty much no avail it was an unsuccessful move but it felt like the richard matthews was the guy that got the hit um, and then obviously you had Corey Davis, who was a rookie and sometimes looked great, but kind of, kind of was a decoy out there for most of the snaps. It felt like, um, when I was watching at least, um, do you think Rashard Matthews, uh, could come back into that zone where he's getting closer to, um, nine or double digits, uh, touchdowns, um, or with Decker gone, um, or do you think, you know, some of those other rookies that they drafted last year, um, will make it so that, uh, he's going to stick around that four or five. How do you see uh, Richard Matthews? I see an uptick for him, definitely. Uh, I'm on the same page with you when it comes to that. Uh, oddly enough, the MFL 10 we're in, uh, we'll go back to that. I was between uh, Richard Matthews and Cam Meredith for that, uh, was that the 11-12 turn. Yeah. Um, I went with Meredith just because I think he's, going to explode on the saints but yeah richard matthews is one of those under the radar guys this year that uh yeah two years ago he exploded last year he he didn't put up quite the the numbers that you were hoping for but uh i could definitely see a bounce back from him um i see a bounce back from Mariota in general you know last year he was coming off that injury so he lost a little bit of his rushing prowess and that the rushing was what opened up lanes for him in the passing game. So if you start, if uh, Mariota starts to uh, get a little hustle underneath him a little bit more and get those legs going, it's going to open up opportunities, especially for a guy like Rashard Matthews. Um, I do think Corey Davis is going to start to come on. Um, what we saw in the playoff game was astonishing. He looks like a true talent, but uh, yeah, I, I like, uh, I like Matthews in that, the, the 11th, 12th round where you can just sneak a nice wide receiver there. Waz got him, of course. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and guess who Waz but, uh, also got in the sixth round? Two, uh, two, oh, yeah. 
I saw that too. He loves. He loves. Oh it. yeah. He, he he definitely has a, a man. Two girls, one was, one cup. <laughs> for sure. Love um, yeah, but I definitely I see an uptick for him. Um, just skimming it over. Uh, T.Y. Hilton only had four again. That a lot of that has to depend on luck. Um, one that surprised me. Uh, he had a good season last year. Was that Marquise Goodwin? Mm-hmm. He only had two touchdowns last year. They were both like seventy yards, right? <laughs> yeah. So I mean. <laughs> I guess he's not a red zone target and you never know what exactly um, they're going to get, you know, uh, why is his name escaping me? The quarterback right now. Uh, Garoppolo. Garoppolo. So, yeah. I mean, Garoppolo looked good in those, winning those last five, six games, but uh, he didn't throw up a ton of fantasy numbers, Yeah. but uh, I, I could see, you know, especially with Garcon coming back as a possession receiver, I could see them going to got a good one down the field a lot more. Right um, now, they've, in all honesty, and it, it does, it's not a good thing for um, uh, Jimmy Jimmy G. It's uh, they might have the worst wide receiver crew in the league. I mean, in all honesty, yeah. I don't even I don't even really love Dez, but um, and I don't think they're going to want to put Dez headaches uh, with the and stunt Jimmy G's uh, confidence, but. Right. They, they, there is a situation where Garcon is your one and, and, and Goodwin's your two. Uh, it's that's nothing to run home about for your uh, wide receivers. And I, you know, Kittle at the tight end, is he good? Sure. Is he great? Absolutely not. And he's young. I just that, that that situation there seems a little bit uh, a little bit rough. They let um, they let uh, what's his name uh, Hyde go. Right. I just don't really know what's going on with their offense right now. Yeah, I'm not necessarily feeding into the McKinnon hype either. Like, I like him as a player, but McKinnon's going in the third round now, which kind of confuses me. It's a little bit too high, but uh, I just happened to come across – I was surprised by Goodwin only having two touchdowns. So, I, who knows there? I, I, I agree. I think they need a wide receiver one to step in. And I agree that Dez is not what they need. Um, you know, just as far as having a young quarterback who's, who's, you know, confidence could be greatly affected. Um, I am going to give up a little late round sleeper here that I have uh, yeah. and hope you don't snag him in the NFL, but the, the slot receiver, Trent Taylor, he could end up getting peppered with targets. If you look at the slot receiver, from New England, you know, they, they stockpile slot receivers because that's what they use. Um, and if Garoppolo is, you know, practiced under that for the past four years or so, you might see him starting to feed that slot receiver. So Trent Taylor might be a guy to watch in that situation. Very cool. Good intel. Um, you know, you look at another wide receiver, Adam Thielen. So obviously had a dominant season last year. Um, kind of fell off a little bit as the season wore on, but you know, for the first half, I think pretty sure he was the wide receiver one for a while, um, maybe two after Antonio. But um, what are your thoughts on him being so touchdown undependent? Uh, He only had four touchdowns, which uh, marked 16% of his fantasy points came from touchdowns last year. And yet still finished. uh, Let me get it floating up here. Still finished um, 11th. Uh, at wide receiver in in total points, um, that's got to be feeling making you feel pretty good about Thielen. 
uh, when you got cousins coming over there, I know Thielen goes pretty high in these MFL tens and I'm sure he'll go probably third round, um, in maybe even late second in a lot of uh, redrafts that happened this fall. Um, but I think when you get, when you replace Keenum, uh, for cousins, I like it. And, um, uh, he's got that year under his, or, you know, a couple of years now where he's had found success in the NFL. I'm pretty sure he was an all pro last year. Um, so that, that, that's always going to help your confidence uh, on the field. And he doesn't seem like the kind of guy who's going to like just kind of loaf at this season off season, getting ready after a, a, you know, good, good, good season for him. So Thielen's a guy from a touchdown dependency. You got to think that he's going up uh, from four receiving TDs, um, which means if he can even just stay in that same um, receiving yard zone, which he had 1277 last year, um, which that, amounted to 85% of his fantasy points. Um, if you can get you know, let's double his TDs and get him to eight. Um, that is going to mean some serious numbers uh, for fantasy points for Thielen. Absolutely agree. I have him written down as well. Um, I think the only reason why I don't have him so far, though, is because he's going in that third round. Um, yep. You know, I mentioned earlier the guys I was really targeting. I definitely like Thielen and looking at this number, I might start to grab a little bit more of Thielen. Thielen's going to go in that, that pack of receivers that I'm eyeing up in that third round now. I mean, to get 1,277 yards, you're doing something right. And actually with receivers, I kind of look for that low touchdown dependency rate. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, because the touchdowns, they tend to come. You know, uh, last year I was bad-mouthing Landry you know, who had never had more than four or five touchdowns in the season. And all of a sudden, boom, he gets nine. And we had talked about that back in January. And, you know, he's switching teams now. So that that's a whole different story. But I, I, I definitely like Thielen, especially with Cousins. I mean, you think about what, um, oh, why can't I think of the, uh, Jameson Crowder. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Think about it. Jameson Crowder ended up being a, a red zone or an end zone target, especially when Jordan Reed was out. Um, so I could see Thielen. I know he's splitting the slot with uh, Diggs at this point, and they're moving them both all around the field to get them open. Which but, I uh, love. Yeah, I, yeah, absolutely. I think that's the smartest move they could have could have made. Um, yeah, I, I like both of their you know touchdowns. Well, Diggs got eight touchdowns last year, so I, Thielen's is bound to come up and uh the what i've been targeting though is uh rudolph um yeah. you can get rudolph in that eighth round and uh pair him with cousins in the ninth or tenth and you're gold mm-hmm. um you, you know the way cousins would go to jordan reed in the end zone <laughs> even vernon davis know, yeah even vernon davis he just targets that slot or that tight end in the end zone so i i big things from cousins in minnesota and all the receivers there this year before i get into um the next wide receiver that i want us to talk about um do us a favor listen to this word from our sponsor all right thank you very much um one guy I want to talk about that's an obvious one to be bringing up here, and if you've got notes on him, I'll just mention his name and say, let me jump in here for a minute because um, I'm kind of shooting from the hip. But, you know, obviously the touchdown-dependent uh, guy who was all, um, you know, he's four-time, he had four, he's got four 1,000-yard seasons, so you know he's getting the yards. But Mike Evans last year 
came uh, spelunking down to earth um, in the TD zone. And uh, God, where, where, what did he have? He had four TDs he, last year. He had, he had five, but five. yeah. Five, yeah, there you go. I can find him. Five, five TDs last year, which amounted to 25% of his um, total fantasy, 23% of his total fantasy, and he had 1,001 yards. Something tells me in that last game they just got him over the threshold and then took him out. Um, 76% on yards. But you look at him over the course of the, la- of the previous season. In 2016, he had 12. His rookie year, he had 12. So it seems like he's almost, but in 2015, at three. So it seems like every other year, um, he becomes a beast in the touchdowns. Um, is this a guy that you're, are you think he comes back and goes into the 10th uh, double digit zone? Or is something changed with new talent being around? What are you expecting um, with a normally very T, somewhat TD dependent wide receiver in Evans? So I, I'm loving the fact that you can get Evans in the late second, early third at this point. It, it, it's insane that he's dropped that far. And yeah, I definitely expect him to increase from five touchdowns, even if it increases three or four, even if he doesn't hit that 10 number, I, the numbers have to bounce back. The only thing that worries me about Evans at times is he doesn't get yards after the catch. He tends to catch the ball, turn around, and immediately go down, or you know, get those tough catches that are off the mark, and he's he's already diving, he's already on the ground half the time. Um, but yeah, I, I expect you know, Winston was out three or four games last year. The offensive line was atrocious. They had no running game. Uh, so I'm hoping they, I'm thinking they draft a running back in that first round. Um, someone with some talent and uh, I'm not sure what they're doing with the line. I I hope they're improving it, but uh, I would expect that uh, you start to see a few more targets go to um, Godwin, uh, the slot uh, Mm -hmm. receiver they drafted last year. Uh, Deshaun Jackson, I expect to get a couple more targets um, deep and that'll open up the field a little bit for Evans. They definitely didn't know how to use, they didn't know what to do with Deshaun Jackson last year. Right. Um, right. So hopefully they got they got to figure that 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 shite out. Um, yeah, Evan yeah. seems like the kind of guy where I agree. When I see him, I I was one pick away in an MFL ten. And I, I think it was in another. No, maybe it was in this league. One pick away from getting him. <coughs> no, it was another one. And I that was the one I had was had a second overall pick. I got mm-hmm. uh, Le'Veon Bell, and then one pick before my pick, Mike Evans got. Um, got taken but it just that would have been a beautiful one two yeah. punch right there Le'Veon Bell and then you get a, a a slipping Mike Evans so I was kind of bummed out when that didn't happen um cool any other uh any other I mean here's I'll just before you go on to some guys I just think some some players that over the course of their um you know career and the way the fantasy um gods have treated them that kind of touchdown dependent has been Jordy Nelson um, so Jordy Nelson's kind of a touchdown dependent wide receiver. Do you think he's um, in a better spot uh, with Derek Carr? Do you think age has caught up to him? Do you think it's all Aaron Rodgers? Uh, Jordy Nelson, just where he's going, or just you don't even have to talk about what his ADP or value is. What do you think just in general on a, a good season, bounce back season, or are you off? I'm off. I mean, it, it, he it, – a lot of his production came from his continuity with Aaron Rodgers. I think he'll be fine in on Oakland. Um, 
I don't think it's a wide receiver I'll be targeting at all. Um, you know, he'll get some catches. He'll have some production. Uh, I think he's a step down from Crabtree on that team. Um, but he had that timing down where he could just all of a sudden just look over his back shoulder and the ball's sitting right there from Aaron Rodgers. Like they, they had such continuity. They knew exactly where the ball was going to be at a moment's notice. So, you know, and Aaron Rodgers is Aaron Rodgers. Everybody's a step down from Aaron Rodgers. So especially, you know, with the relationship they had together there, I don't think there's any way that Jordy's going to produce any type of season or touchdown numbers like he had in the past. He he could be a consistent receiver and a good NFL receiver, but I don't see him putting up many points for fantasy, and I don't see him really getting those uh, red zone or end zone targets. Yeah, good point. Um, Des Bryant, obviously, things change a lot with him. I don't. Who knows where he signs? I think that wherever he goes, it's going to be for pretty low money, high incentive, low years. Um, but hopefully lands in the right spot, a place where he can get an opportunity. I think, like I said, I don't really want him to go to my Niners, but I, I, I would I would like to see him maybe with the Panthers or something. Um, seems like they could use a guy like yeah. him, could help uh, uh, Cam, but who, who knows? I'm not hearing any buzz on that. Another guy that's obviously very, very touchdown dependent, uh, but still you know gets it done in other realms, but Devontae Adams. So Devontae Adams, I think he's definitely scored over the last um, two seasons – uh, more touchdowns, a wide receiver than any other player. Um, last year, he had 885 yards receiving, which was about 59, almost 60% of his fantasy points. And then he got those 10 touchdowns, which marked 40%. Uh, do you think that he's a guy with Jordy leaving um, and, and, you know, Cobb obviously um, kind of feeling like he's slipping a little bit? Are the yards going to come up? Are the TDs always going to be there? While being touchdown dependent, he's, is he like the one guy that it's fine with because that's what he does? What are your thoughts on Devontae Adams? So I have him written down, and I have almost exactly what you just said. I, I think is <laughs> this is why, this I, is why think, I put the notes into the base camp so I don't steal your thunder. <laughs> no, it's all good. Um, now, yeah, I, I think his his TD rate is high at forty percent, but that's because his yards are low, and I think his yards are going to have to come up. You know, Aaron Rodgers is going to he's going to have to target him more often. And, uh, you know, wide receiver comes down to targets more than anything. And uh, he'll end up with more yards. And it probably would be right around that 10 touchdown mark. But even if it slips to eight, the yards he creates will make up for it, you know, and being more of a focal point with Nelson gone for sure. I think he's he's a safe bet. Let's be honest. He was number twelve for wide receivers last year in fantasy points, just under one hundred and fifty. I think I saw him get taken off the field on a stretcher, immobilized twice last year. Um, That's right. You reminded me of that, and I had forgotten about that the last time we talked. And yeah. that does scare me a little bit. But it's also, that in fact, it scares me. But it also shows you that he was able to have a good season, top twelve performing season, and still he missed two games, but still like to come back from a serious. I mean, he looked dead on one or two of those hits. Um, so you know, if his health and everything's there, and that's fine. I, I just don't anticipate that getting two kind of heavy injuries not not you know done for the rest of the season but hard hitting injuries uh, it could help him so i, I, mean, I he, think he got wrecked on those hits those yeah. hits were like he was just teed up and i think that has a lot to do with hunley being the quarterback 
Yeah. I mean, maybe. I don't think Aaron Rodgers is going to throw those passes that are going to tee him up like that. Yeah. Um, I think, yeah, uh, I think people, I think some people also don't like him. I think he's kind of cocky on the field, which I love, but I think some other players like want to knock his daylights out. Um, but yeah, I don't know, man. It's, it's, it's weird. It's funny. I think that the Brandon, I think Brandon cooks, I think like uh, Belichick was so pissed that Brandon cooks did that little loop de loop and got knocked out in the super bowl. He's like, I got to get rid of this guy. Like just every time I see that guy's name, every time I see that play, I'm just like, what was he thinking? We're moving him. Um, so <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. That was such a nice hit though. <laughs> oh my God. What? I, and it'd be going into that Super Bowl, People are like, who do you think is going to be the difference maker? I'm like, Brandon cooks hasn't had a great season. It's been good. Not great. But I think Brandon cooks is going to be the guy that's going to light it up in this game. First drive concussion gone for the game. Like, um, all right, this isn't going to go the way I thought it was. Um, but you you're half right. He certainly made a difference. <laughs> <laughs> Good point. I like that. I like that. Um, any other, any guys that you want to bring up? And then I was thinking I could flip to some guys at the wide receiver position that kind of on a year in year out basis, some guys we've tapped on um, a bit earlier in the show, but that are pretty free of touchdown dependency every year. And you kind of get that hope and that float that if they do have a big TD season, it's a gangbuster season, but they can still get it done and sit at top 10, top 15 um, position without getting touchdowns. Um, do you have any guys that you want to talk about? Uh, with low TD rates? Uh, Michael Thomas? Any, yeah, any, yeah uh, there you go. Anyone that you, wanted, that you had in your notes, just so I don't steal any, any of your thunder again. <laughs> but yeah, well, I, Michael I, Thomas fits, fits the uh, bill. Uh, yeah, he, he only had five TDs last year and I believe he had 10 the year before. Um, you know, the addition of Meredith could keep that number at five, but even if the number stays at five, he was what top eight wide receiver, uh, 1200 yards. So the fact that his TD dependency was low last year and he still, he still put up numbers. Um, I like him. Uh, he's not flashy. Uh, I almost went with him over Julio and uh, the draft we're in together. Uh, I think the only reason I didn't was because I started one like two days beforehand and I had the same 12 pick and I went with uh, Michael Thomas and Gordon at, at that turn instead. But uh, yeah, I like Michael Thomas, even with the low TD rate, he, he puts up the yards, he puts up the points. He's a safe bet and he's bound to get a couple more than five even with all the weapons they have there. Um, another guy that uh, seemed low to me was Keenan Allen. Uh, last year was the first year he was healthy enough. I think he played all 16 games, um, but only six touchdowns. That kind of seems a little bit low. I, I would expect that uh, he gets targeted so much that uh, he, he would put the ball in the end zone a little bit more. Um, where he talked about Julio, uh, that's got to come up. Yep. Uh and I think Thielen was the only one I wrote down with the other low TD rate that I was eyeing up. Well, the low TD guy, you also mentioned T.Y. Hilton. He's kind of always been a low right. TD guy, high yardage guy. Um, and also his TDs usually kind of come from that long. Uh, he makes the TD happen, so it's like a longer right. – uh, it's like a 40-yarder plus or whatever um, outside the red zone. I think a guy that just year in and year out, and it's frustrating because he's kind of like Julio. It's like why aren't there more TDs happening with him as A.J. Green? Uh, finishes, you know, every year top – last year he was ninth. Uh, which was a bad season for him. 
Um, you know, he got a little banged up and got suspended uh, the season before and only played 10 games. But, um, you know, he's going to get you your thousand yards. But he's the TDs over the last he had eight last year and four or two years ago. Um, but the, the, you know, the three of the four previous years to that, he was in double digits. Um, so right now he's feeling over the last two seasons, like his, his touchdown capabilities are, are uh, coming down. I'm not, I'm not sure what the real reason is for that. Uh, I, I honestly think that Dalton doesn't, um, just lock in on him enough. Um, and when you watch these games and it's just like a drive where it's just like AJ, 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 there's like almost nothing like it. It, it. it feels like, you know, Steve Young to Rice. Um, but he just does. And that's kind of what uh, Ben Roethlisberger does with Antonio Brown. But it just doesn't happen enough. So AJ Green, um, you know, another guy that's got a high ball uh, ball point and he, he'll catch anything thrown his way. But it just doesn't seem like they know the right plays to uh, and routes to call for him when they get close to the end zone. So um, hopefully he bounces back uh, again. Eight's not terrible, um, but it feels like AJ Green. He's capable of more. Capable of more. He barely had over a thousand yards. Only seventy-five catches last year. I mean, and that's on one hundred and forty-three targets. So the targets are there, but he like basically caught half his passes. So they got to hopefully they they get on the same page. AJ and Dalton this year. Um, Amari Cooper is another guy you mentioned. Jarvis Landry. Um, Amari Cooper is another guy who's been kind of low on the, on the TDs that I think, God, that should bounce back. Um, God, he was, he just had a God awful season last year. Um, but he had how many TDs? So he, he had seven. seven. He had seven. Mm-hmm. That's actually, it's actually pretty good considering he only had 48 that, catches. They came into the season last year, really wanting to focus on him because I think years in the past that his TD rate was super low. So I, I think I remember the first game of the season, even on like two drives in the first quarter, they targeted him three times in the end zone right off the bat. He caught one of them, I think, but the other two he dropped just miserably. Uh, he's also been plagued in the past with uh, pass interference in the end zone. There's always three or four uh, plays each year that uh, he has a clear shot, and then all of a sudden he pass interference, whether it's holding or they'll tackle him before the ball gets there. And so, yeah, I expect I, his TD rate was 38% this year. I, yeah. I just think that's, that's because his yardage was 680. Crazy. Yeah, that's actually I'm, – yeah. I'm shocked that he had seven TDs. I'm looking at this one, like, chart um, that I kind of concocted, in, 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 but it doesn't have the number next to him. But, uh, yeah, that's actually, that's actually a great touchdown. Um, I think he can keep it up there, but obviously he's going to be catching more balls and more yards, hopefully. Um, so it won't be – that's crazy, 30% rate. Yeah. Um, I mean, to to only have 680 yards, any TDs are going to, you know, boost that rate right up. Absolutely. Well, your guy that you're talking about, you're in love with Demarius Thomas, had his worst season in ages last year. Um, you know, still has kind of had just the just first uh, 9,000-yard season um, in, in the last six Um but also after from 2012 to 2014, um, him throwing up 10, 14, and 11 TDs, um, you know, in the last three seasons, it's been six, five, five. Uh, do you think with Kaysen, um being the quarterback now, can, can he get back up higher in these touchdowns or 
Um, what are your thoughts on on his dependency and just his bounce back ability on the season? So when you're talking about those three years where he was in the teens with the touchdowns, you're talking about the Peyton Manning Peyton years. Manning. And then and then where you're talking about the past three years where it's five, six and five, I think you said. Six, you're five, talking five, about yeah. lit you you're what is it, Paxson Lynch, Brock Osweiler, literally the worst quarterbacks in the league. So even if <laughs> <laughs> so even if Case Keenum is mediocre, you're looking at eight, nine touchdowns this year. Good point. Yeah. Great, great Which, point. This is why I ask you these questions. <laughs> um, so let's let's quickly. I, I'm pretty good on the wide receivers. Couple things. I, I just had a, something pinned out just for uh, just to throw it out. A lot of the guys, pretty much all of them, we talked about um, wide receiver end zone targets from last year. The top ten guys. DeAndre Hopkins had 24 of them. So that means when um, he the ball is thrown to him in the end zone 40, 24 times last year, uh, that's a that's a pretty that's a pretty awesome number um, considering that DeAndre Hopkins had 174 targets. Um, so that's a good, good number of uh, Mike Evans 18 times, a big target. Obviously, we talked about him a little earlier. The numbers were down, but that was not because they weren't trying to get him the ball. 18 uh, end zone throws. Uh, Crabtree, 17, Des Bryant, 17, Alshon Jeffrey, 17. Uh, the number that you had mentioned uh, earlier was Julio Jones. Um, he had 15 of those. Robbie Anderson with 15. What are your thoughts about Robbie Anderson? I'm, like, so tempted, and I really like him because he's so good. And I think this whole, like, you know, this offseason of arrest <laughs> is going gonna, is gonna to make him fall. Is he going to get suspended for sure? I mean, I know the ownership likes him and wants to make it work with him. Uh, is he guaranteed a suspension after he's basically telling a cop that he's going to jizz <laughs> on his wife's face? <laughs> I think that I think that story's hilarious. hilarious. Um, what, I, yeah, I want whatever he was thinking that night. I I, I mean, it, I respect New York City cops. My cousin is one, so let me put that out there first. Yeah. But um, yeah, I, I think that whole story is funny, and I think if he gets suspended, it's for one game. You know, I, I don't think there's too much of a past of him acting like this kind of knucklehead. Um, but yeah, I like him. But, I mean, they also picked up uh, uh, what the prior, prior Terrell Pryor, and so they got and Curse is still there, and not that he's a major threat, but and Anunwa comes back from injury, so you got four guys there that are kind of vying for similar roles. I mean, if they're smart, they rotate them. You, do you have a rookie quarterback, or is it going to still be McCown? Um, McCown had a good year last year. Uh, I do like Robbie. Right. Yeah. When, when he's on the field, he is a quality quarterback for sure. I actually had him in a uh, super flex dynasty league. I had him and Cam Newton and just rode both of them the whole season. It, it was crazy. I, going into the season, I'm like, I need a quarterback, need a quarterback and just rode him out and, <laughs> you know, just barely qualified for the playoffs. But, you know, it, it was funny that I could ride with him the whole season. <laughs> pretty wild but um yeah i like robbie anderson young talented quick guy uh good hands um could do some things but uh the 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 jets overall are kind of still a question mark see this is where we need pk to step in (laughs) we need pk stomping for his jets he he's all in on uh the baker mayfield uh pick for the jets i know that for sure he's uh if that doesn't happen some somebody's going to be real mad in pk ripper world 
Waz is big on the Jets too, right? Is that his team? Yeah. Thought it was. I only think it was. I I, I think he's I, just it's it's Cooper Cup is all I think. But yeah, you're right. He is, <laughs> he is a Jets fan. Um, cool. I think we covered uh, some good stuff there with uh, the wide receivers. I mean, do we even want to go to tight end? Is there any? You got any notes? If you do, let's let's talk about a couple guys there. Um, and uh, if not, um, I think we can move on to our uh, our our next. And I believe our last segment, which is more about, we'll do a little bit of a discussion quickly about um, some of our guilty pleasures, uh, but also then we'll talk uh, quickly about some roster construction. You got any uh, tight ends that you took some notes for that you wanted to mention? Um, Two with relatively high rates that I'm still high on, Jimmy Graham. I mean, I think the move from Seattle to Green Bay, I I see Jimmy Graham ended up being that like a, James Jones target for Aaron Rodgers in the end zone. Um, I, I think, yeah, he's really TD dependent, but, and Rodgers has never really utilized the tight end, but Jimmy Graham isn't your typical tight end. You're going to see him split out. In fact, I wouldn't be surprised if you see Jimmy Graham take more of that Nelson role where you see him split out wide and do that back shoulder, you know, throw to him and you see him put a, putting up some big targets. Um, Love it. And then uh, Rudolph is another one I, I talked about earlier, pairing him with Cousins. You know, Cousins loves the tight end in the in the end zone. So I, I see yeah, Rudolph. Rudolph, Rudolph had eight touchdowns last year. So um, yeah, I, I think that you're actually that's a great great call with Rudolph. Uh, I didn't really think about the whole uh, Cousins element from him side. I guess I'm just more locked in on Diggs and Dealing, but um, Rudolph Rudolph's got to be pretty pumped that Cousins is coming over. Um, awesome stuff. Well, let's, uh, I, I put here in the notes, I don't know if you were able to see them, but, uh, I, I, I thought it, we'll just go through it a little uh, pretty quickly here. I thought it would be funny, uh, if we had a uh, ripper on here to talk, uh, talk some of this stuff, but, um, but any, any sort of, you know, let's just skip this. We've got, we're kind of running a little long. So actually we're just going to get right to roster construction. I'll start talking about beer and it'll be stupid. So, um, <laughs> We're gonna, we're gonna. Uh, I just wanted to hear PK talk, talk smack. He's just so hilarious. Um, so let's get to the last little bit here, um, and that's gonna be roster construction. You know, obviously there's a ton of different um, styles and and uh, mos that experts and fantasy football talking heads are all in on. It changes every season, season to season. Um, are there any sort of roster construction kind of MOs, modes of uh, operation that you've had um, for um, leagues in general that you've found success with, or do you kind of uh, go with the flow and um, as, as leagues change and such uh, you, you, you sway and and move um, with the trends. What, What do you end up, what are some of your thoughts on roster construction um, here today and things that have you found success with? Uh, overall, I'm more of a go with the flow, you know, kind of let, let the draft fall to you kind of guy. But, uh, if you're talking specifically like a redraft league, I, I like to look for two running backs in the first three rounds. I, I like a solid base at running back. I don't think there are a ton of running backs that you can get off the waiver wire. So I like to have that solid foundation from there. Uh, I tend to think that I like to go, um, with a, a more explosive wide receiver. Um, 
just I'll, I'll rotate wide receivers throughout my starting lineup. I'll pick them up off waivers. There's generally plenty to go on. Um, tight end, I like to grab one maybe in that, you know, depending on who it is and where I can get them, maybe that third through sixth round, you know, if, if a Gronk or a Kelsey or Ertz kind of fall around further than they're supposed to. Otherwise, this year I'm looking, I'm hoping for like a Jimmy Graham in the sixth or something, or uh, Kyle Rudolph in that seventh or eighth round. Um, and then late round QB always. Like there, there's just, if you're in a one quarterback league, there's no real reason to grab a quarterback anywhere before the sixth round at, at the earliest, absolute early. I mean, I, I guess I would take Aaron Rodgers in the fifth, maybe Brady Watson in the sixth. But other than that, I'm really looking for, you know, 10th, 11th, 12th round to even grab my first quarterback. Who are you liking? Um, and this, reg- who, are, who are some of the quarterbacks that you're liking for this year? I mean, there are so, so many. Like, I, I, I mentioned Cousins earlier, though he's probably going in that 8th or ninth. But, uh, you know, I'll go with a Matt Stafford of Phillip Rivers. Um, uh, let me kind of look. Yeah, I like that. I like the I like Stafford and Phillip Rivers for sure. Uh, Matt, Matt I Ryan. definitely – uh, Matt Ryan, we talked about earlier. He, you know, he he's lingering in that eleventh, twelfth. Uh, Derek Carr, I think, bounces back this year. I would have liked to seen him keep Crabtree because that was kind of his go-to guy. Yeah. Um, and I think they do become a little bit more run-oriented uh, under Gruden. Um, I'm not sure Gruden was the best hire as a head coach, but you know, ten last years, hundred million dollars in ownership. Yeah. Maybe yeah, let the guy it. get a win and see if he knows the game. Um, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'd be worried that, about that fans of the Raiders and Chucky not letting the game pass him by. Yeah, that, that was a little bit much for me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, and Mariota is being drafted real late. You know, on a previous show, I was I was kind of more of like. He's the friend with benefits, the guy you fill in once in a while when you're in a slump. But uh, I think he's going to bounce back too. Both Carr and Mariota were coming off injuries late. You know, I think they got hurt in uh, week 16 or 17 to 2016. So I was off them in 2017. But they're being drafted so late at this point that, you know, they've got to be quality. And, you know, Blake Bortles. You know, you hate to put him in your starting lineup. I like him much better in best ball because then I don't have to think about it. But Blake Bortles, he he always ends up being a top 12 quarterback somehow. Um, again, they've gone more run-oriented, and they, they let go of, oh, how you got to be happy about getting A-Rob there in Chicago. But, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I was surprised. That, yeah, no, I'm pumped. I'm that, That's all I wanted this year for Christmas was A-Rob. And I told that guy that that scout guy lives in the building. That day I saw him when when A Rob signed. I'm like, I'm like, bro, we're up, me and my boys are all fired up. All we wanted was A Rob. He's like, yeah, dude, everyone's super pumped. I'm like, and I was asking him, uh, I was like, hey, how's that knee? He's like, dude, he's he's literally 100 percent right now. And the same thing uh, I talked to him about was Cam. And this guy was actually buddies with Cam Meredith. And he was like, we're all sad to see him go. And obviously you hear about people thinking that Pace botched uh, not getting some sort of, uh, you know, compensation and just letting him get signed with New Orleans for free. But they, they, our doctor, our team doctor, the guy was saying, it's like Cam Meredith, they're not, they weren't liking what they were seeing in that knee. 
He's like, I guess, I guess the Saints guy saw something else, but um, I just love talking and getting that insight. But A Rob, so pumped for him. I like, I like, I like everything we're doing. The Trubisky, I think, is going to have a good year. I think not this year, but next year, he's going to be a guy that's going to, um, he's going to show, show some signs. And you know, next uh, 2019 drafts, you know, he's going to be a guy that's going to be in that top 12 of quarterbacks. I think. I I can definitely agree with that. I, I like uh, Nagy as the head coach is going to yeah. let let Trubisky really uh, air the ball out a bit, and I, I like I like the way he throws the ball. Um, That's I why mean, I like it, also uh, um, a guy that I'm probably going to try and sweep up a little bit later in this uh, NFL ten. I like Gabriel. I think that was a pretty yeah. good signing yep. by us. If they're if they're going to Nagy style, let him rip it, kind of the way you saw last year with Smith and and some of the Tariq over the previous couple of years. Like if they let him just throw the thing down to Gabriel a couple times, one it'll open up everything for everyone so much. Even if the play isn't con- com- uh, completed and their connection's not made, it just makes the defense know that hey, we're not we're not scared to whip this ball fifty yards down the field and catch you off guard. Um, so I love that, and I hope Nagy pulls that off. And uh, Gabriel, I think, could have some some big big time games in that uh, in that X factor uh, kind of Tyreek Hill role. Totally agree. Just sitting here nodding my head. <laughs> uh, hopefully the Bears are good, man. I, you know, last year was kind of a bummer. I only went to two games. Usually I go to about five or six. So um, you know, I'm feeling a lot better about our team this year. So I'll, I'll probably go back to about four of them this year, this year, but. Uh, the last couple of years prior to that, the Bears being at those games, it's always fun to throw back some Val Verdes at Soldier Field, but um, it was it felt a little bit like it felt pretty shitty. I mean, last year I went and saw the, maybe that was two years ago, 49ers, and the 49ers came in and whipped our ass, and they were the worst team in the league. <laughs> it's like, yeah. a good product, never Bears. A good, feeling. good product. <laughs> um, anyway. Uh, so let's go to, um, let's keep going with this roster. I'm sorry. I'm getting sidetracked here and looking at an MFL board. <laughs> <laughs> Who's is, am I up yet? Uh, no, no I'm not, I wasn't even, no, looking at that right. I, I can. <laughs> um, so keep on going. If you got, uh, if you got anything else in the construction of anything you're in, if not, uh, whenever you're, I'll throw out some of these kind of things that I, I've been doing and approaches that, uh, that, that I've been doing, not necessarily for MFL tens, but just in general, kind of my ammo and in, in, in redraft leagues. Um, yeah, I, I see a lot or a few guys, uh, going zero RB. Um, I think it could work most definitely, but, uh, you really, uh, I don't like to do that. As I've said before, I like to get at least one, um, have a solid base and foundation. Um, yeah, like when you go there, zero RB, yeah. where let's let's look we'll, we'll look at our draft board. Like when you go zero RB, what does your team look like? Okay, the guy that drafts after I do, um, he's on the clock right now. This M Tecker, so he went, yeah. he did zero RB uh, in this MFL ten, and he got with and the, our, uh, yeah in our league. RBs got, look like crap. Look at this. So you got Odell Beckham, great. You got Keenan Allen, great. Ty Hilton, all right. Um, Brandon Cooks. I think that's a great pick in the fourth round. Uh, we'll see what happens. Might be a lot of mouse feed. Got Aaron Rodgers. Okay, he's got the number one QB, first pick QB. Um, but then his first, in round six, his first running back is Chris Thompson. In round nine, he's got Isaiah Crowell. I like Chris Thompson if he can bounce back. I am not sold that Crowell is going to do a thing. Um, 
Then you get Ronald Jones, a rookie. We don't even know where he at is. I think uh, well, I like the guy, but um, I like the other dude on the on from the team better. Um, and then you got Demarco Murray, where you know I think he's just kind of figuring out. Wait till the draft's done, see who needs a guy of his services, and hope that they want him too. But zero, I mean zero RB shows you right there. I mean I like my running backs a hell of a lot more uh and i didn't necessarily stockpile uh you know it's, it might be a bad example on this draft but like even yours like you didn't you went just with the first pick dalvin cook and then waited to the fifth round i like your running backs with cook coleman and aaron jones much better than that uh poo brigade that he's throwing out in this backfield um that, that scares me if that's if that's what zero rb looks like i don't want it <laughs> <laughs> I can tell you this, that it, it, there are better zero RB examples, most definitely. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I, I just happened to look at that at about the same time you did it. I'm like, ooh, this is a rough example. Um, <laughs> yeah, the, the running backs he chose, Chris Thompson, yeah, if he's healthy, sure, he could be a, a nice complimentary back and put up good fantasy numbers. But I, I'm with you on Crowell. There's just... The, you still got Powell there. Not that he's worth uh, anything. You still, uh, you, they brought in Thomas Rawls, not that he'll do anything, but th- there's just, and then uh, last year's rookie, um, Elijah, I can't, McGuire. Yeah. Um, he, he's bound to see some touches. Uh, there's just no telling what's going to go on in that backfield. And uh, their receivers are, are generally better talent wise. So I think you're going to see them passing the ball a whole lot more. Um, I, I, try, I try not to. I try not to have too many players on teams that I think offensively will be challenged to score and, and get yards. Um, and that does. I I, I hope May, Mayfield's the starter by the half season, and that um, you know McCown can can stay healthy or whatever. But I just don't see the Jets. Um, right. Not yet. Uh, being some, yeah, too many question marks offensively for me to really feel confident that anything's going to happen there and positive, but yeah, Isaiah Crowell right now is your, my RB two on a team. I don't not, I did not like that. Um, so let's, yeah, uh, not a good look. yeah, not a good look. Um, so I, I, for me, it's kind of, I'm, I'm a little bit, um, in, in, in a little bit of like the zone, um, like you, I, 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 I'm more of a guy that fills out my roster kind of early. Um, I like to have, uh, my quarterback and my tight end in place, um, you know, and I'm talking more redraft, I suppose, but, um, I'm always a guy and it'll happen. It's happened the last two years. It'll happen again. I'm I've had, I've gone, I think I went Kelsey and was getting him in the fourth round last year, the year before that fifth and sixth. Um, I'm always going to go there if he's there, you know, um, I just like him as a player and I, I don't have to worry about the tight end. Uh, essentially if I don't want him, I don't need to draft another one of them, uh, in a redraft league. Um, cause right. I can pick up some dude off the waiver wire that might hit it. But, um, if, you know, I do a lot of leagues where we draft 24 players, so I'll take a backup tight end super late in the draft, but uh, I like to fill out my team. Um, and I'll try and get a running back for re- obvious reasons. Like you say, I think the cliff falls out underneath the talent, um, there after, you know, third round, it's, it's really, uh, it's really just anybody's guess on what you're going to get. Um, so, I, but I'm of the mindset that I, I definitely like um, grabbing and finishing that first uh, one-two punch with one running back and one wide receiver. 
if if a running back falls to the second round that just feels real good um you know a guy that that could fill that role I know you said you're 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 a little scared of him um but you know running backs falling that I do like would be like a McKinnon um you know a Jordan Howard uh, a Mixon like you said Mixon's probably better for the third round but if one of those guys falls back and I'm an early pick um, you know, I could see going double down on, on a, the running back position. Uh, I feel more comfortable with Ingram mixing uh, in that third round, I, I suppose. Um, but yeah, I, I feel like usually what I do is I tr- hope I get a, a, a running back in that first round because there are just a lot more wide receivers. Um, and then I'll probably double down on wide, a couple wide receivers there. Um, again, I think, you know, Kelsey's moved into that third round this year. Uh I, I'm going to do these MFL tens and mocks and all that good stuff throughout the off season and see how I feel my team is when I, when, if I want Kelsey that early, it's a little rich for my blood at that position, but knowing that he kind of does go um, all plays all the games and I don't have to worry about it at a, at a one player position. I, I do like that element. So um, that's kind of mine. And then I mean, like you, it's a, it's a tears. I'm a tears guy. So once I've kind of filled out some spots in that first uh, five, six rounds, um, and I feel like I've got my quarterback and my tight end in place, um, and I feel good, I got a couple solid wide receivers, and hopefully, um, you know, a top tier uh, or top higher tier two running back. Then I'm just going by my tiers, man. And it's just like every single round after I've kind of pulled together my base and foundation across the four positions, I'm going in there and I'm doubling down. I'm just looking at my tiers and seeing who's the top at each list. I'm not scared to go three running backs in a row if that's what the tiers are telling me. I'm not scared to go three wide receivers if that's tier, what the tiers are telling me. I won't go with the tight end unless it's like, you know, Greg Olson or somebody sitting there in the seventh or eighth round. And I feel like, you know what? This guy's higher and better than, um, you know, a running back or wide receiver that I could take. And I'm not scared to trade. So, you know, I like I like getting that best player available regardless of position um, after I've kind of set my foundation a little bit because I'm not going to be scared to trade. If I sit there in week two, it's obvious that my running backs are killing it and I need some help, a wide receiver, because that's just what happened and how the, uh, you know, my draft went all right, I'm going to move some of those running backs and try and, you know, even the scales out a little bit and try and get some tight ends. Um, that's my big, that's my, a big way that I, I find success in leagues is just, if you go with the best guy on your tiers uh, for your last 15 picks, uh, it, it, it has some, some unbalanced feel, look and feel to it, but I'd rather have talent that I can move and balance the scales and draft based on need or emptiness in my in in, in, in position and whatnot during a draft, but get the wrong guy. Um, so yeah, are you I a like big the, trader? Yeah, I love to trade. The problem I have in the leagues I've been in for a while that people are afraid to trade with me. That happens to me too. They all think, "Oh, you write <laughs> for a mag? You write for a site? You right. do this stuff? You don't you do this for a living? What do you think I'm a trader? <laughs> you? It's like." Uh, yeah, that does, that definitely does happen, but that's, you know, I, to be honest, I am, there's in every league, there's the dickhead who makes the dumbest trades and you're like, dude, when you sent that, did you think there was any pot? Are you just like hoping that I'm drunk and I hit the wrong button and it, it goes through? Like, like there's that guy that always makes the crappiest trade offers. Um, I feel like I, I, I I'm always trying to get the advantage, uh, but I'm always trying right. to find a team. Hey, this guy needs that. 
what I have and I need what he has. Let's do business together. Hopefully, I'm not trying to trade so that you win the trade, but hopefully both of us can win. But I need this and you got it. Um, so that's kind of my thing. Um, I, I just like, you know, for anybody out there that's listening to us right now, I think a lot of the pyros know that we were one of the first people to be on the uh, tiers. We've been, I, I literally don't think you can find a, a website or an article farther back on any of these sites talking about tiers than you can on pyro. Um, it is the way, Honestly, it's the way to go. Honestly, it's the reason why I started listening to you guys. Like, I can honestly say that I was doing tears on my own 18 years ago. And then, oh, you know, when I started searching for podcasts that were different than, you know, the, the mainstream, I, I came across you, you guys. And one of the first things you were talking about was tier drafting. And I'm like, I'm listening to these guys from now on because they're using the similar approach I am. So yeah, absolutely. Tears are definitely the way to go. I, I don't understand how people draft any other way, really. Well, we've, I, you know, I did it. I, I'd say I've, I've been in tears on tears the last seven or eight seasons. Um, and yeah, I was that dipshit that just had a, a list of names of guys I liked in each position and literally was on the clock and like quickly looking at some last thing on ESPN or, uh, and again, a couple of my old school leagues, you can take some time. So it's okay. Uh, but you know, when you, when you just do your tears and you set it up and you really put the blood, sweat and tears into your tears, then you can just really, it just makes it so obvious as you're going and you're cleanly crossing out the names and you're in the draft, you're seeing it. It's like these, these, the, everything comes into focus in one simple uh, landscape. So if you're listening to the show and you're not using tiers, uh, first thing I would do is do, go to YouTube and do a search for pyromaniac.com and tiers. Uh, we did a video, uh, me and Houdini last year, but there's about four or five of them that we've done over the years. Give you a little primer on what to do. Um, we'll be releasing on Pyromaniac. We'll be getting into a lot more content now that uh, we're getting back into this. We kind of, as a group said, we were going to wait till after the draft to kind of funnel a lot of our content to the site but we'll be having all of our tiers pieces individually mine houdini's stag parties um and then also we'll have pyro podcasts that are dedicated just to tiers uh probably starting next month so uh definitely 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 if you're listening to this right now and you're not using tiers jump on board you will it'll change your life as far as uh, making things happen and making the right decisions and just making your life easier when it's draft day you can have fun and the hard work's done and you can just let the tears do the talking so um yeah i don't know i think as far as that's really you know that's really all, all the thing I, I like to do the best player let the I like what you said at the very beginning let the let the draft kind of um let the draft dictate what you're gonna do and you know there's there's the whole line that Bruce Lee did be like water uh let you know sometimes things drafts are different every every draft you do is a little different so instead of having some like stringent go-to formula for yourself um get the most out of what the, the each draft is giving you Absolutely. Um, yeah, I, I like that flow like water analogy. You, you kind of <laughs> go, you got to go with it. And if you have the tears set up, it's it, you almost psych people out in your draft because you're taking one glance and clicking, and then boom, you know who you got, and everybody else is like, I thought I had another few minutes before I was on the clock. <laughs> totally. And you know, another it's thing I like automatic. doing, I like a thing I like, think the tears can help you out with sometimes is 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 the whole you run i walk zig and zag i think you can really you can really go on some runs 
because um, you can see positions that are 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 filling up quickly, um, or you can see fit positions that people have stayed clear of. And if people have stayed clear of them, that's not going to last forever. So you can kind of be the guy that goes in and starts that tight end or that, uh, you know, the middle tier running back or quarterback run. And it's always good to be that the front end of the run. And then the minute that run starts is you're going, you're zagging the different direction and creating a whole new um, kind of uh, revolution within the draft. So um, I think, I'm I'm really big on on kind of going going the opposite direction of what thing what's happening in a in a given uh, draft, and I think again tiers really help um, at a at a bird's eye view and a in a in a top down level help me see that come into come into play. Um, anything else? You uh, I think we've had a good show. It's been about uh, yeah we're over the two we're about two hours and fifteen minutes into this bad daddy, which is good. It's been an awesome Sunday afternoon. If you've got anything else on uh, any roster notes that you want to uh, let them let, let them be known now, uh, if not, um, I think we uh, I think we covered some great stuff from uh, from the MFL tens to the touchdown dependency and some roster construction. Uh, what do you think? You got anything else you want to cover on that roster construction, or uh, you good? No, I, I I've said all I have to say. Pretty much, uh, I got to go out and mow the lawn now. So nice. Um, it, <laughs> Bring but some yeah. It, yeah, beautiful day out. So I, I want to get outside and get a breath of fresh air. I just would like to say to all the listeners, you know, come and uh, check out some of my work on uh, NFLmock.com. Um, yeah, you know, and you're I got my your, rank. Give me your tweet. Give me your. Uh, sorry, interrupt you, but at, tell them what you got there, and give me your Twitter and all that good stuff, because uh, everyone out there, you guys got to make sure you're uh, you're following the Wheeler man. Yeah, the, the Twitter handle is uh, FF underscore Wheeler, W-H-E-E-L-E-R. And uh, the website, uh, my cousin's website that I write for and, and have my rankings on is NFLmock.com. Um, of course, I, I still, I, I need to update the news feeds for Pyro, but, uh, you know, I got that out there. And uh, Yeah, you've been, you've been uh, great for that. You've been great for that, and I yeah. appreciate all the work you've done there. And I think what we're going to do, me and you will talk over the coming weeks. I'm hoping that you could uh, uh, help us with some other things. We're actually going to be um, making the news feeds more of a uh, dynamic Twitter feed that we're kind of working on. Um, doesn't mean that you, you won't be able to <coughs> write a news feed here or there, <coughs> excuse me, as you want. But uh, I think there's some other you know elements that I'm hoping that you can uh, contribute with Pyro and continue to be one of our – our, our, our homies uh just kind of even just like during the season some mock drafts for for podcasts and uh you know here and there maybe some uh little help with uh some writing or rankings uh, so we'll just be in touch uh, over the coming weeks to see uh what sort of things you're interested in but yeah the uh, you were awesome last year on the news feeds love them um what we just kind of decided is i've i've realized that yeah, for me Twitter, i agree with that for me, Twitter, it's like, well, I just go and I start searching Twitter for any time I want a player's name or a team. And it's like just endless. So that we've got so many great lists out there of great Twitter people. You know, Ryan McDonald came out with that great list. I had already had a list of beat writers. Um, we all kind of the community is 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 pretty small. You know, I feel like between me, you and Stags and Waz, I mean, we all know all the players. We're all kind of 
quasi uh, second degree, uh, third degree friends. Um, so, you know, Pyro just is going to kind of flex that muscle and we're building something that's kind of dynamic that brings a lot of our favorite Twitter accounts, including yours. Um, just whenever a tweet comes out, um, it'll be it'll be kind of uh, filterable on our site. And I think I think that it, it's a little bit better. We, we've always wanted to do our own news feeds. Um, but it's just it's it, that's something that never sleeps. And it's hard when you're a small company like Pyro to really fuel the beast in the way that we've wanted. So the beast is already there. We're going to be just the platform for all, all these awesome Twitter writers out there. I think that's a fantastic idea because I can't keep up with it personally, but I try. But, yeah, I, I think no, having the t- Twitter feeds out there most definitely it's the best there's just no doubt about it twitter you know there's a lot of varying different uh, opinions but that's going to be the case anywhere but twitter it's like if you start following the right people and honestly i said this when we recorded last time like go to wheeler's twitter account and start like checking out guys he's retweeting and he's following and if you're fresh and you're a newbie to twitter it's a great start because uh you've got your finger on the pulse of uh of the guys that know their shit on twitter uh, uh like few i know so well i'm gonna let you get going so you can go and mow that lawn uh wheeler awesome for you to take uh some time out here on the day of the lord um to talk about uh, fantasy football a god of other sorts um, and I, I really appreciate it. Always fun to talk to you. You're, you and I are uh, a very similar dudes. I can tell we've said that before when we've talked and whatnot uh, of the same ilk. So appreciate you uh, coming on and, and uh, dropping some knowledge with me. I appreciate it too. Awesome, buddy. Looking forward to talk until we talk again. Um, keep up the good stuff. Good luck uh, for the rest of the day and uh, get all your stuff done this week, my man. All right, man. Good talk. Good talk. I'll see you in the MFL 10s. Later, buddy. (laughs) Peace. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.